0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MR Running Pains podcast. This is coach Aaron Saft. And today I've got a pretty long episode. <laughs> so um, buckle up. Uh, as you can see from the title, uh, my four guests are uh, going to talk about the Barkley Fall Classic and their experiences. Um, Tori Kendra, John Goldfield, and Chris and Paula Sheeran are uh, are my guests this evening. I coach all four of them and they all had four very different experiences. So, um loved hearing their stories and they regaled me with their tales of what they found on the trail and how their races went. It's a really fun episode. I love joking around with them, you know, I I, I know a lot of them and uh, it, they're just they're great human beings doing awesome things. So, um I hope you enjoy this episode uh and get to laugh along with us. Uh we we do get pretty Pretty goofy, so. <laughs> uh, but I do hope you enjoy. I'll be back at the end of the podcast, kind of talk about what's going on in uh, in the world of MR running pains. And until then, enjoy the conversations. All right, my first guest on the podcast here is Tori Kendra. Tori, how are you?
1: Um, very well, thank you.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um, as I have denoted in the title here, we're going to be talking about the the Barkley Fall Classic, which just took place. Uh, and which Corey had um, some some great success at. So um, I, I'm really <laughs> excited to hear all about this. So Tori, uh, why don't you start off with just telling us a little bit about you?
1: Uh, so a little bit about me. Um, I grew up in New York. Um, I'm a city, city person. Um, I know that there's a few people that uh, are from the New York area, but they're mostly... Uh, you know, upstaters. So um I kind of started running um probably in my teenage years. I wasn't collegiate or anything like that. I just ran for fun and enjoyed it and um mountain biked a lot. Um I didn't take running seriously at all. And I think the most I've ever done was a 5K when I was in my twenties. But a lot of mountain biking um, you know, up and down the East Coast is what I really enjoyed. But I discovered um Ultra running, basically, when I moved down to North Carolina, um, I got into um, my first, you know, living right out. We moved to Raleigh when we first uh moved down here in twenty, let's see, two thousand seven actually, and we lived in Raleigh for two years, and we lived right next door to Umstead, so that was my first uh, introduction to trail running, and my first trail marathon was the Umstead Trail Marathon. So after that first race. Um, I was, I was hurting so bad. I said to myself, I'll never do this again. And, uh, I enjoyed it, but yet I was not very, I wasn't trained very well. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know about hydration. I didn't know about vests. I think I just went out there and, and ran, um, without any knowledge of anything. So, um, that was my first introduction to trail running. And when I discovered people did more than 26.2 miles, I said, they're crazy, and then I heard, you know, people did 50 miles and a hundred miles. And I said, they're even more crazy. Um, so here I am part of that crazy group.
0: And, and when did you go from the uh, Umstead marathon to uh, your first ultra? And what was that first ultra?
1: Um, I believe my first ultra was, I think it was Sky to Summit 50K um, in Georgia
0: do you remember what year that was okay um let's
1: see probably about 2018 okay nice 20, cool. uh, yeah maybe
0: 2018 20,
1: 2017 maybe okay Around there.
0: what would you say was your toughest race prior to barclay fall classic
1: oh toughest race um I mean, that's, it's hard to quantify that because each race has a different uniqueness to sure. toughness. Um,
0: what would you say was most, I know there's nothing much comparable to Barkley Fall Classic, but what would you say, like vert wise, if you were to compare a course, what do you think? I would
1: say um, probably Quest for the Crest is probably, fifth. Uh, the Quest for the Crest 50K would probably be very comparable to that.
0: Okay. Right on. Um most people have probably heard of the Barkley and, and this is the Barkley fall classic, but just for those that aren't as familiar with this event, would you describe it for us? Like what's the distance, what type of vert are we talking about?
1: So basically um, it's everything's a guesstimate because there is no GPS allowed um, on the course. So you cannot use your GPS watch, even if you disconnect it and say it's disconnected Um they usually have a bucket right there, um, by the yellow gate, um, the famous yellow gate that's, uh, in the Barkley marathons. And usually one of the Barkley marathon finishers or Laz is standing there with a bucket and he will ask you to deposit that watch right into the bus bucket and you'll get it at the back, uh, at the end of the race. But, um, so basically with this course, it's, everything's a guesstimate. Um, it's supposed to be a 50 K, but it usually runs more like, uh, 38 to 40 miles and then um, you have the marathon option with this race, which usually runs probably about 28 to 29 miles. So the 50K will give you about 12,000, 13,000 feet of elevation gain, and the marathon is usually 11 to 12.
0: Okay. And with the Barkley, um, that is typically not a marked course. You're giving kind of pinpoints or you know this kind of vague direction of of where to look for books and such but and in, in the Barclay Fall Classic here was the course marked or how did that work?
1: So to be honest um, I've done a, the, the classic three times and the first year I did it was 2019 and um, besides the course changing every year um, I found every year that you run it the course is marked more and more and I don't know if that's because um people get more lost and the rangers have to come out to find them or um just the mystique is a little bit um not as present as it as it was um a couple of years ago but they so basically you're running the trails that are in located in frozen head state park um probably I would say about um, 60 to 80% is on all the trails in the park. And then 20 to maybe 25% is all off trail. Like it's not part of the park at all. And he puts out arrows. So you kind of know where the turns are. There's one or two, maybe three parts where you kind of have to know, um, where you're going and you only know if where you're going based on if you've done the race before, or if you're with a veteran, um, that's run the race before. But I found it wasn't really hard to get lost um, this year. There's a couple of turns that I just knew from previous years that weren't marked. And you could kind of figure out pretty fast if you were going the wrong way. And that, and you also get a, a map of the day before the race. So you can kind of study that to understand the course.
0: Okay. So you get a, a paper map the day
1: before. Yeah. It's kind of on a cloth, Um and it's basically marked with all the trails that are in the park um, and labeled um, estimated distances and it shows you where the aid station is and it's it's all a guesstimate and it's it's not it's kind of like a like a school map. It's not very uh <laughs> it's not accurate at all. <laughs> it's just kind of a guide.
0: okay. and you mentioned an aid station. was there just one aid station?
1: Um, we had, let's see, this year we had, it's eight aid stations.
0: Okay. And and what do the aid stations look like?
1: So, um, every year it changes. Um, you can basically get either just water and slim gyms at one aid station, or you can get water, uh, he, and also he, um, provides sword, which is a, a hydration, um, electrolyte mix drink, I think, um, I guess they uh, provide all that it's that's pretty standard at every race that he, you know, for the Barkley fall classic. So you have that at every aid station, you have water. Um, This year we had chips, which was really nice. Um, I thought that was a luxury. Um, um, He had cookies at, you know, some aid stations. So every aid station was kind of different. It wasn't, um, you know, as, as robust as one, as the other. So it depended on where you are. Um, Cookies, I saw cookies, um, chips, um, crackers. um, I saw Snickers bars and Kit Kats maybe. So it depended on the aid station. And then we had a special treat at, um, it was aid station number five, which was the turnaround at I think mile 19. Um, We had Coke. <laughs> which was fantastic. I mean,
2: <laughs>
1: um, that is really a, a, a high luxury for that race. And we also had John Kelly there punching bibs, which <laughs> nice. Was, you know, a Barkley finisher. So yes. that was it was amazing to see him there.
0: That's cool. Very cool. Um, and uh, time limits. Can you touch on those?
1: Yes. So, time limits. They're very tight. Um, you basically cannot walk this course at all um, you have to continuously either run or um, fast hike um, but there isn't you you just can't and just you just can't walk this course you'll, you'll not finish in time you might not even make the marathon cut off um, if that's possible but yeah just because of how much climbing is involved with this? Um, there's a lot of descent, so you have to be prepared to pretty much run that anytime or anything is that you come aclo- across that's flat, or if you're on the ridge line, you have to run it. Um, you just you can't walk.
0: And what was the uh the cutoff uh for the marathon? Uh
1: so the marathon. You had to get there. Let's see. I know what the cutoff was for the fifty k. Okay, what uh, was that? Let's see, six thirty. So Uh you had so they call that the decision point where um you you get to last and it's the last aid station number eight um and that is mile let's see twenty five uh point 7 estimate estimated um so you get to Laz and basically um i don't know what the saying is this year but i guess it was guts or no guts last year was um do you want to be a winner or a wiener? so if you get there he asks you um if you want to be, have guts or no guts and you have to show him your light um that's a required a requirement because that last section that you do um, you're going to be coming down in the dark. Um, so if you don't have your light, you can't continue. So at that point, um, if you come in before six 30, either you can continue on and do the 50 K, you know, it's six miles from there, but it's all uphill, um, until the last two miles Then you come in down into the finish. Um, or you can take the marathon, um, finish, which is probably just about maybe a mile, mile and a half to the finish. So it's up to you. Um, and it depends on how much time you have left. If you, you know, you have till eight 20 um, to finish. So if you come into the decision point at six 30, you have two hours and, you know, I guess, uh, 10 minutes to get to the finish line.
0: <laughs> so wait, what time did you get to that decision point?
1: So I got there at five forty-five.
0: Okay. So yeah. I
1: missed, I missed it by 15 minutes.
0: Gotcha. So Whereas you got...
1: last year I got there with one minute and he said, are you going on? And I said, heck yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, get it. So I continued on, but unfortunately I finished last year, <clears throat> six minutes after the finish. Oh, so I came in at, uh, eight twenty-six.
0: and what about the first year?
1: Uh, the first year I finished, um, so I got my what they call Lacroix, which is you know this um, medal that you it looks like a war medal. Um, I got that, so I was very proud the first year because I was a virgin. You know when you yeah. first do it the first time, you're considered a virgin. So I was pretty proud that um, uh, I was able to get my my medal the first year. And I finished, I think in, I believe I finished 12 and 12 hours, or I think maybe 12 and a half. Um, I had, I had 30 minutes to spare. So
0: right on. So uh, what was the initial impetus for this race for you? Like what, what, what made you want to do this?
1: Well, last year I DNF'd. Um, So, if you even if you finish the 50K, the whole course, they still consider that a DNF and you finished over past the the time that you were supposed to in 13 hours and 20 minutes. But, you know, I know that I was proud to finish the whole course regardless um, of timing out. So, this year I, I signed up right as, you know, as soon as he put it out on Ultra Sign Up. And of course, Um, it goes through a lottery system. And then if you don't get picked off the lottery system, it goes to a wait list, but I was fortunate, fortunate enough to get picked off the lottery. So I was in, but I was coming back this year to redeem my DNF.
0: And what about the first year that you did it? What, what prompted you to, to depict that, to do that race?
1: Um, just, I guess like everyone else, you watch the Barkley marathons and you're like, that looks amazing. It looks super hard. It looks challenging. And, um, I want to meet this, you know, last person and.
0: All right. Well, I guess I I wouldn't be like everybody else then (laughs) because I don't want anything to do with it. (laughs) I don't want anything to do with Laz. I don't want anything to do with Barkley. So, but uh.
1: I'm kind of not infatuated with the race, but it intrigued me. It intrigued me. And, um, I wanted to see, and, you know, just go out to this this, uh, this state park called frozen Head, And, you know, they, they claim that, you know, it's got its own climate and, you know, your watch kind of goes bonkers. It's almost like being in the Bermuda triangle. So I said, you know, I said, I want to go check this out and see what it's all about. And my first year I was super scared. Cause I was, I, I was by myself. I knew no one there. Um, and now going back for my third year, it's almost like a family reunion, just like any other ultra, you know, that you've done, you know, it's, it's always going back and seeing friends and family. Uh, it's, it's really, really, it's, um, it, you know, the Yeti had their cult. I think, uh, Barkley fall classic also has their own cult.
0: <laughs> That's fair. That's cool. Um, so talk to us about your thoughts on the course itself.
1: Oh gosh, <laughs> this course was a real doozy this year. Um, so we had 400 runners, about 400 runners this year. And just to give it you know, some perspective um, for the 50 K finish, only 107 finished uh, for the marathon. We had 69 finishers and about 200 DNFs. So just to give you a um, perspective of how hard he made the race this year. Um, when, so the, He doesn't give out the map. You have to come to packet pickup, which is the day before the race. So you have no idea what the course is going to be. You can kind of try to guess, but it's, you know, that's just a waste of, you know, mental energy. So you have to show up, pack a pickup, get the map. Um, What we usually do is um, a bunch of us get together and go to um, Bushy State Mountain Penitentiary. They have a a great little barbecue restaurant there. distillery so we kind of all go as a group and we meet and we talk over we go over the map and talk over the plan you know what our strategy is um and what craziness is going to happen this year so this year um um it kind of started um the same way it does um the last two years um i believe um he calls it the warm-up loop and the warm up loop is basically 3.5 miles of a cheap road um i would say you're starting off at um like 1300 feet, um and you climb up to about 3000 and that 3.5 miles and that's where the first aid station is going to be located um so that that's what he calls warming up and that's basically um the start of the race so but looking at the map this year um we knew it was going to be a doozy just because he had you um and this is no secret i mean it's kind of out on facebook or the web and stuff like that the name of the trails are like rat jaw and meth lab and testicle spectacle those are the three um trails that are not part of the park system um that are considered off trail so what he had you doing um, and the prison also. Um, you actually scale the prison wall and climb, and then go underneath the prisons uh, under the tunnel. And that usually has about two inches of um, water in it. So you're getting your feet wet at that point. So this year he made you climb the wall twice. Um, he made you come down rat jaw Um, instead of going up he made you come down it first and then later on you had to climb back up it um, through briars and then also this year he made you climb instead of going down meth lab he made you climb up meth lab and back down meth lab and testicle spectacle usually you have to do an out and back because um, it's the turnaround point so you usually do an out and back on on testicle spectacle anyway but the doozy of it, he made you climb meth lab twice and you had to do rat jaw twice. And then rat jaw obviously down it, which you never usually do. It's usually up.
0: Sorry, did you have any any different gear that you used? Um that you wouldn't have used in like say another race to help you protect you from like the briars or anything like that?
1: Yeah. So, um, special gear that I used, um, was gloves. Um, so that helps when you're climbing up rat jaw, um, you're basically, you know, climbing up a dirt, uh, power line. Um, it's, we don't know everything's an estimate cause nothing, you know, nothing's measured, but, um, everybody says that rat jaw, um, is about one mile and it's 1800 feet of climb. Oof. um in that one mile so um climbing up that you need some gloves to kind of grab onto briars because you know some some parts are pretty steep that you can just slide back down like gardening um, and, gloves, yeah like gardening gloves um like leather construction you know um construction gloves um that you have some grip on it um and then you can push away the briars that, you know, are kind of, um, in your face or, you know, grab in your, you know, cause they grab onto your clothing and stuff like that. So you needed gloves for that. And also for like climbing up meth lab and also for testicle spectacle, just because you're on all fours on all those three climbs, you're on all fours the whole time. Um, um it flattens out, you know, like when you're doing retro, it flattens out like a little bit, but, um. You're basically most of the time you're on all fours. Um let's see. Some people wear long pants, uh, long sleeve shirts. Um that's not special gear, but just to protect them from the briars. Um, let's see what else. Special gear with gloves. Um
0: Do you wear gaiters or
1: anything? Uh are optional. Um, you know, I I never used at, at Barclay, I never use any gators just because of how hot it can be and it could add to the hotness. It, it does help to keep out um, the dirt and all the rocks and stuff like that. but to tell you the truth, um, I just I just never use them just because they're too hot and um, if they if I got any rocks in, in my shoe or anything, I' just take it off and and dump it out and stuff like that. but um, I didn't do that.
0: Would um, poles be not, a... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: It's not special gear, but he doesn't allow you to use um gels and no poles. Uh-huh. So if you are used to um eating gels, you have to figure out a way to, you know, put that into a plastic bag or um I just, I bought um, a gel flask and I put all my gels, you know, into that gel fat flask.
0: And why is there a reasoning behind that? Yeah.
1: I believe he does that for the trash because he finds that like those little tabs that you rip off the top of the gel, um, fall up, fall on the trail. Um, and those little packets fall out of your vest or people's pockets. And it just adds to the trash to the, um, to the trail.
0: And you had, you'd had also mentioned that, you know, this, um, this park has its own weather system. How did the weather treat you all?
1: So, um, the weather for this this year was, uh, I thought it was going to be amazing, just because, uh, we started off probably about sixty five degrees, um, and the high was going to be eighty five, which to me is not bad, and very low humidity, which is not bad for September in Tennessee. Whereas, um, the last two years, the last two times I've done it, last year we had a monsoon that hit us and a thunderstorm and a lightning storm, um, and then in twenty nineteen. It was 90 degrees and humid um, at like one o'clock in the afternoon. So like this race, it was the high was going to be 85 at 4 p.m. And I thought that was, I thought it was great, you know, but obviously other people on the trail were having some difficulty with hydration, uh, dehydration and cramps um, this year.
0: Okay. So, so talking on that, what went um, right for you? What were some things that went right?
1: So I honestly have to say like this race went pretty like perfect for me. Um, I was on point with hydration, nutrition. Um, I felt strong. So like, I didn't have any issues with that, which I was very proud of because every race is different. Um, you just never know. But I, what I kind of did a little bit differently was, um, I just made maintained taking in calories and, uh, making sure that I was drinking, um, I have a hydration drink, um, that I use. And I was just making sure that I drank one bottle every hour and just, you know, um, refill that bottle. As soon as I got to the aid station, I kept the bladder on me with one, um, liter of water as a backup. So I'd have two bottles, one with fuel, one with hydration, and then my bladder in the back with, um, one liter of like, I call that my emergency reserve water.
0: Very good. Um, was there anything in training that helped? Um, I should also preface this with Tori had just finished the Washington Yeti 100 and she is about to do the regular yeti 100 in virginia um so this was not a goal race but we did add some things so um was there anything that helped you or was there anything that we could have done differently to prepare you better for this
1: um i think training was um spot on i felt i questioned you regarding um the i guess the treadmill uh hiking part um i was like we've never done that before what's this about and you said just, you know, trust me on this. It's gonna help you with the climbing. Um, at, you know, at you know, at Frozen Head. So I said, okay, let's, you know, this is good. And I I actually had to join a gym because I don't have a treadmill. So um sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um and the treadmill only went to 15%, not 16 So I think the only thing maybe if we could have maybe ex- did longer than i think our training was 30 minutes on the treadmill um i think maybe um switch that up to um maybe rotate it or alternate between like 30 minutes and an hour mm. um every other week or maybe 30 sure. one week you know 30 yeah. minutes and then every other day like you know an hour okay just because those those climbs at frozen head they are 3 miles between three and five miles of just straight climbing and they are, um, steep. Um, and some of them are switchbacks. Um, one of the climbs, I believe it's chimney top. It was very comparable to, um, I don't know if anybody knows green knob, um, by the black mountain campground, um, by Mount Mitchell. Um, that climb I thought was very similar to, um,
0: so like Snooks, Snooks. And well, Green
1: Knob. I've only done half of Snooks, and that was kind of on the way down.
0: Oh, you're talking about the uh, okay. So the Black Mountain Campground side of Green Knob, going up to the uh, fire Correct. tower. I see what you're saying. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. So
1: I thought that was very comparable to that um, trail, gotcha. just because of it. Just it's just continuously just up, up, and up, and sure. and the switchback. Um, that's what it kind of reminded me of. Um, but yeah, so the, the climbs on this park are just between three and five miles and the downs are just as long and steep. So you're, you're, you're taking a pounding on the legs.
0: Sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, And to clarify, Tori had mentioned that the treadmill only went up to 15%, I prescribe 16% and that's only because of what the research coming out is saying that is that we, about 16% in that range, 16 to 17% is when it's more efficient to hike. So I always prescribe at about 16%. um, And sometimes we go higher than that, but that's why Tori said her was only went to 15. So Um, cool. Um, Well, good to know. Um, That's yeah. Okay, so longer treadmill. heist, um noted. <laughs> um, how about anything that went wrong?
1: Ah, uh, let's see. Anything that went wrong. So, I mean, this is no fault to to anybody but nature. But uh, I think what was it? Let's see. Um, I'd say it was ten miles. Yeah, let's see. Just before eight station two, probably seven to eight miles in, I got stung by three B's, which really hurt. And <laughs> I started screaming because they were just stinging me, you know, multiple times all over the place. And there was a guy, we were, uh, doing the switchbacks down off on, I think it's chimney. And, uh, I started screaming and there was a guy right in front of me and I go, he goes, Oh my God, what's the matter? And I said, just run faster because, I was, I was trying to outrun the bees and I was going to run right into the back of him because I was running faster. And he said, what's the matter? I said, just, you just have to run faster. So, um, you know, people were, you know, stirring it up. So um, that kind of hurt me for, for, you know, it, it hurt me for a couple of hours. Um, I got stung in the, my, in my tricep um, in the middle of my hand and my left ankle. So with the sock rubbing and where the bee sting was, um, it was just really hurting so bad. Um, so not that, you know, yeah. it wasn't something that went bad, but it, sure. it kind of, uh, yeah, you no, know, obviously mentally been. it hurt me. Um, um, so that was one thing. The second thing was, um, when I got to meth lab, um, when you came out of the prison you had to climb meth lab um, and it's a very short steep uphill and <clears throat> when I got to that I felt very mentally um, just knowing what was coming and looking um, up that mountain um, or that hill um, was I was getting really down on myself and saying that I wouldn't be able to do it just because of how steep it was um and it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of energy and a lot of time to get up it so I was basically at that point getting i felt demoralized you know I said my race is over I'm done when and when i when you climb to the top of that hill there's a fire road and I said I'm gonna drop there i'm I'm done I just can't do it anymore I'm just I'm just tired you know I'm just tired of all these ups and downs I'm like I'm just I'm just toasted you know I'm just giving up so I'm standing there and looking at this hill and I'm I'm just like okay all I have to do is get to the top and quit and a girl came from behind me and said well what are you gonna do stop staring at it go up and I said "I'm, I'm done you know I'm not doing it she goes just come on just follow me and she was very like peppy and upbeat so I said okay fine I'll follow her up this hill, but one night I get to the top, I'm quitting. So on my way up the hill, <clears throat> halfway through it, I saw John and, um, John was kind of off the side of the trail and I asked him if he was doing okay. And he said his heart rate, his heart rate had gone up. So he was taking a break. I said, okay. I said, I'll, I'll see you on the way back. Cause he had a, it was an out and back. So you were going to see the same people. By the time I got to the top, I kind of forgot about quitting um, just because um, I met this girl and she was, we were, you know, hitting it off and talking and just passing the time and cursing at the Hill and saying, you know, how crappy it was. So when we got to the top, I kind of forgot that I was going to quit. And then people coming up from testicle spectacle from the aid station were saying how great the aid station was because they had coke. (laughs) <laughs> so I was really motivated <laughs> to, uh, continue now because, you know, Coke was at the next aid station. So I was like, all I have to do is get down this hill. So that was, um, you know, one of my bad moments that I had in the race, but I think thanks to her name was Aaron. She was out of Knoxville. She was, um, such a positive person and she was able to like revive my, um, she was able to revive me from being so down on myself. Um, just, just knowing what was ahead was really mentally um, a tough pill to swallow. Um, just knowing how hard it was and just the cutoffs are so tight. So you, you really have to hustle. Um, the other thing that happened to me was um, when I got to the prison uh, the second time, which was at four 30 and that was the 50 K cutoff time. So basically Um, I was right on time with all the 50 K cutoffs, um, except to the, the seventh, when I got to the seventh aid station, but when I got to the prison, I quickly refilled my bottle, my water bottle. And I was out of there because I knew four 30 was the time you needed to be there, um, to possibly make the 50, the 50 K. And when I was refilling my water, I tucked my my garden gloves that i had that i was going to use now to climb rat jaw i tucked them under my arm and then when i was filling my water bottle i must have lifted my arm and forgot they were under there and dropped them so i got to the prison wall which you have to climb a ladder to bring you over the the um the top of the prison wall and i realized i didn't have my gloves and i said i can't go back because i would lose so much time i'd my, my 50 K attempt would be over. So I would have to really, um, just, you know, know that I can only go for the marathon finish. And I, I didn't want a marathon finish. I want to go for the, I'm here for the 50 K and I'm going to give it everything I have for the 50 K finish. So I said, well, I'll just have to climb rat jaw with all the briars without any gloves. And I kind of Said to myself, if you did it in 2019 with no gloves, you can do it now with no gloves. So that's how I kind of um, turned that around. And I got to rat jaw. And when I was climbing up, I said, all right, here we go. This is the last mega climb of the day. And I have to get to the next aid station by 530. So I had one hour to climb this monster hill. Um, And climb the fire tower. So when, after you, you know, claw your way through all these briars um, you have to still climb the stairs on the top of the fire tower to get you bib punched. Um, Every bib punch spells is is a letter. So um, by, you know, you have eight punches, it'll spell, you know, spell out a, you know, a word um, for your race. So um, but on my way halfway up Rackjaw, I met Paula. Um, she's also in our um, running coaching group. Is it Paula?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Oh, it is Paula. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And um, she was sitting, she was sitting down on, I think a log or something like that. And she's, I didn't recognize her at first. And she said, Hey, Tori, it's me, Paula from Trail Sisters. And I said, Oh, great. Good to see you. How you feeling? She goes, not so good. My heart rates, her heart rates, he said was elevated as well. And on that climb up, I actually had to take, I was taking like 10 to 15 minute breaks just to bring my you know, heart rate down just because, you know, you're climbing, you know, such a steep, steep hill in such a short amount of time. So, um, I said, don't give up. You got this girl. And I continued on just knowing how, um, tight the cutoff is going to be. Um, Got some to top, got to the fire tower, got the bit punched. And I knew it was a Jeep road all the way down to the aid station number seven. Um, so I basically, you know, just um, hauled butt down that Jeep road. And I was passing people and people were making comments like, wow, you still got legs. And I was, you know, I was, <clears throat> I was, I was actually feeling so great. I was feeling so strong. Like i I was like, if I can make the decision point, you know, by six, six thirty, 30, I said, I can, I can definitely do the 50 K. Cause I felt really, really great. I saw so many people, com- you know, having trouble with hydration, like <clears throat> leg, leg cramps were like huge at the race this year. Um, a lot of people were having a lot of issues with leg cramps but those were the um the things that kind of went wrong for me was you know I lost my gloves um I had a mental you know shutdown you know just before meth lab um I think that was mile let's take a look at the map um that might have been about like mile 18 or something like that where I was just um mentally you know just crushed but uh you know, I had, you know, a trail angel come behind me and pick me up and, you know, take me up to uh, the Jeep road. And it was all different from there.
0: That's great. That's great. That's amazing. Um, so, I mean, you, you came through so much. Like, give me some takeaways, some things you learned about yourself or about anything.
1: Um, A couple of takeaways. I mean... I I did I tried some new things which you're not supposed to do. Um, they say right. Um, I used a different um water bottle flask with these long straws coming out of them. I usually use these hard ultraspire um like water bottles. I found that if I had I I take too much time taking them out of the vest to drink, and I found that these straws when they're close to your mouth you can just sip on, you know, sip them at, you know, any given time. So I constantly was drinking, um, my nutrition. Um, the other part too, since you're not allowed to have a GPS watch, you just have like a regular, you know, analog watch. And so of course you don't get your 30 minute or your 25 minute beep to tell you, Hey, you need to eat and drink. So I was like, how am I going to do this? And I thought, well, I'll set my phone alarm for every 30 minutes, but then I got to take the time out to, um, take it out of the vest and put it back in. I'm like, that's going to cause me, you know, that's wasteful time. So I just basically just kept sipping every, every couple of minutes. So I constantly had fluid and high, you know, uh, energy, uh, coming in. And then the other new thing I tried was a gel flask. I've never used that before. So, um, that was actually really nice not having to. Um, so basically you squeeze all your gels into this one little flask. I think it holds like five or six gels. And, um, Basically, I was using that to, you know, take in some energy. I was using spring 250 um, calories. It's called the speed nut. It's the one, it's the white one without ca- um, caffeine. And I have a little pocket in my shorts on the side. So I stuck that little flask there on the on the right side of my um, shorts so I could easily access it. I didn't have to mess with my vest or anything like that. So I took it out and I would, I would, you know, squeeze some gel in there whenever I felt like I was getting kind of low and on uh, energy, I would do that. And then I would you know, use chips at the aid station, whatever, you grab you know, some chips at the aid station, whatever they had. Um, so that was a new thing. And actually I think I'm gonna take that to Yeti 100, um, take those two things that I used that were brand new that I've never done before. I'm gonna take those to the Yeti 100 um, next week. I think they're gonna be very helpful. The other thing I tried, I usually tape my toes. I use, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think, Leukotape. And this year I decided to do something new and use KT tape. And I taped them the night before. I usually tape my toes the morning of the race, just because I feel like that kind of, um Something on my feet at, you know, sleeping might, you know, disturb my sleep the night before a race. So I usually tape them in the morning, but I said, let me try something new, which you don't do the night before a race. But I did. Um, I taped my toes with KT tape. Um, I used the benzoin to make them uh, extra sticky. So the tape would stick. Um, And I liked it when I, you know, taped it up. I didn't have any issues sleeping. I didn't feel you know, constrained or anything like that, my, my toes. But the next day um, after the race was over, I took my you know shoes off and my socks off and they were just, the tape was gone. Like they were in my socks, you know, floating around, like the tape came off the toes. So I knew um, KT tape doesn't work for me. Um, I'm going to stick with the Luco tape um, because for me that works but I wanted to try something new because I heard such great things. Um, I know I shouldn't do that in training coach, but um, I went for it.
0: Yep. Well, you learned that's, you know, that's the, that's the part of it.
1: I don't think it hindered my race, but. um,
0: Well, I I like, you know, let's, let's finish off the race because you've gotten us your, your we're going down the Jeep road to the aid station. That's how far you got us. So go ahead and finish off your race for us.
1: So, um, I get to eight station number seven, um, the cutoff time there for the 50 K is five 30. I roll in there at six, six Oh five, I believe, or I think the, um, the racetrack or they did some, um, uh, timing this year. Um, I think it was six, six Oh two. So I knew I had to run pretty fast, um, on this next section, um, it was called South old Mac trail. And there's a trail sign there. It says it's 2.5 miles to the park, um, office. And, um, I said 2.5 miles. I can, I can handle that. I got, you know, 30 minutes. I can, I can do that. No problem. Well, I forgot how technical this trail is. It's, Um, it starts off bouldery. Um, there's some, some creek crossings, um, lots of, lots of rocks. So the beginning of it is, is crazy technical. Um, I, I was running as, I don't even know how fast I was running. Um, but I was trying to run as fast as I could, um, trying to be efficient, also careful, um, just didn't want to trip and fall, um, the last part of the race. And also, you know, I didn't want to risk, not being able to run Yeti 100 because, um, I know it's a Western state, it's a qualifier and I needed to make sure that I can show up to that race, um, you know, fully prepared and not uninjured. So I was very, you know, trying to run as fast I can, but also trying to be very careful, um, not to fall just cause I know I have a bigger, a bigger, uh, pitcher, a bigger race to, you know, in front of me so I'm passing people I'm picking people off left and right and people are just saying you're going for the 50k and I said I'm trying I said you know it's going to be close um because last year I came into the the decision point with one minute to spare so and that was through a monsoon so I said I'm going for it I said you know anything can happen you know and, um, I kept, I kept pushing on and some guy latched onto me, he goes, are you going for the 50 K? I said, I'm, I'm going for it. So he, we ran, um, as you know, together. And, um, I looked down at my watch and saw the time was five 35. I mean, yeah. Was it five? I'm trying to, think. the cut off a six, six thirty 30 there. Um, let me look at my, I have my notes. I think the time was six 30. Yeah. So the cutoff time to get to aid station is um aid station eight is six thirty. And I looked at my watch and it was six thirty and I said, Oh, this is this is just oh, this is just breaking my heart. And I said, you know, yeah. if I if I get there at five after, I'm gonna beg and plead with Laz. <laughs> you know, maybe he'll have, you know, some, you know, take some mercy on me, which he, you know. He doesn't, you know, <laughs> he's pretty hardcore. So I'm just, I'm running, running, running. And I said to myself, this is not 2.5
2: miles. <laughs>
1: this is just crazy. I said, if it was any other trail, if it was, you know, kind of flat and non-technical, I said, this would be a no-brainer any any time. But the trail was just very technical, very rocky. Um, you know, there was a couple of boulder sections um that you were climbing over. So that 2.5 is more like closer to four, 4.5. It's like double it's, you know, the harder the effort. So um, I rolled in there at 645 and the girl said, you know, punching bibs. She says, great job, great job. And I look over and I can see Laz he's, he's, um, he's in a hammock just swinging back and forth and enjoying his time and Knowing that he doesn't have to, because he's only there at the decision point. You know, after six thirty, his job is done. So he's just sitting in his hammock, just uh, swinging away with no care in the world. And I said, I can't go over there and ask him, you know, to let me go on. You know, just he'll laugh. You know, he'll take he'll take real joy in that. um, (laughs) You asking him to continue on at six forty five, but I felt um, I felt so. So strong that uh, I could, I, you know, I could have continued and made the 50K. I actually considered it. So um after you get your bib punched um at aid station number eight, either you go right for the 50K or you go left for the marathon. And I actually thought about um <laughs> running, running, running to the right and taking the 50k <laughs> turn, but I knew that um if I did that, I probably wouldn't get invited back and probably disqualified.
0: Good move. <laughs> so
1: I took the marathon way to the left, um, and you run basically the park road. Um, you make a right turn back into the forest, and in typical Laz form, he's got a little um, little prize for you waiting for you. You have to now cross this creek that is waist deep, <laughs> and um, so and there's no way around it. So you, you, you have to go for it. So at this point you're getting wet. So, um, climb down this little, little ditch and get into the Creek. And I said, well, let me take this opportunity to probably scrub off the poison Ivy that I got, um, somewhere on rat jaw. So I'm in the water and it's actually feeling really good. Um, at this point it's nice and cool, but, um, I am, scrubbing my legs, um, trying to get, you know, as much poison ivy off my legs as possible, uh, climb out of there. There's a little sign that says one mile, really only one mile to the finish. (laughs) So, uh, I continue to run in and, uh, finished in exactly 12 hours.
0: Oh, wow. And where did that put you overall?
1: Um, so for the marathon finishers, um, And you're still considered a DNF, which is, um, it's a 50 K, but you're still considered a DNF on ultra signup. Um, that put me, so it was weird. Um, when I finished the race, it put me second female, um, and then 17th overall. And then I don't know what happened, but maybe they forgot to register someone's time. But apparently, um, now if you look at the results, um, I'm now third female, and 18 overall, so I don't gotcha. know if they forgot um, someone to record someone's uh, uh, time or something. Gotcha.
0: Well, congratulations for for getting in there. I mean, through all that, I mean you had crystal meth and coke. That's you know, it's a lot of drugs <laughs> on one course. Yeah. So um, that's right. Yeah, hats off to you. Um you. I, I hate to even ask. So are you, are you going to do it again? <laughs>
1: So I I contemplated this after the race. Well, I said to myself during the race, honestly, I said, if I finish the 50K, I will not be back. Um, because I came back for redemption. Um and after I finished the marathon, I was I was kind of discouraged, but also proud at the same time because I I gave it everything. And this race is about that. You have to give it everything. You have to leave it all out there. Not like any race is any different, but this race in particular challenges you, um, not only mentally, but physically, but also the gear that you have to kind of, um, use and, uh, improvise at times, you know, um, you know, some people, like when we had the monsoon last year, people wearing, you know, grabbing garbage bags from the aid stations. Um, you know, that was one thing that happened last year and all the mud. And, you know, some people, um, I guess, kind of saw the rain coming and stuff like that. They packed spikes, um, you know, that you use in the snow. They pack spikes in their, their backpack. So they were moving efficiently, faster, you know, going up, you know, all these climbs that were like, mudslides. Right. So just, you know, this race kind of makes you kind of go outside the box, um, definitely out of your comfort zone. Um, I mean, if this, uh, like I said too, on an, on a, a, with Barkley has its own Facebook page, but you know, there's no handholding. Like if you're used to aid stations where you have peanut butter and jelly and cookies and um, Coke and ginger ale and um, all kinds of aid, You know, this is probably something that you might not enjoy um, because of that. And then you're really tight cutoffs. Um, So you're really pushing yourself the whole time. There is no time for mistakes, honestly. And there's no time to walk. You're just constantly on the move, you know. And, you know, there was a couple of rattlesnakes um, on the trail this year on, I think rat jaw, they saw some rattlesnakes out there, but, you know, that's, you know, a hazard that's there. A lot of people, we, every year, like last year, uh, my friend that was running in front of me, he got stung by bees and I didn't. And then this, this year I got stung by bees and the guy in front of me didn't. So um, it's, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, craziness on this course (laughs) and if you like that then this is a race for you but uh when i finished i was you know i just wanted to get my my redemption my one of my 50k but it didn't happen i'm happy with my marathon excuse me but um i feel like uh and i posted this on my on my strava i posted all my notes my race notes on there if anybody wants to see it but i feel like i have the barkley trifecta so (laughs) i got my my virgin, as a virgin, I got my uh, medal. Uh, the second year I came back, I got my DNF. And then my third year, I got my marathon. So I got all, <laughs> three, all three covered.
0: <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome, Tori. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything else you want to talk about?
1: Um, I would just say if, you know, if you want to go out of your comfort zone. If you want to see how strong you are mentally and physically, and you want to test your abilities, um, I'd say give this race a try. Um, I, it's not for everybody. Um, you, you're you're definitely in a lot of uncomfortable positions. Um, and also, um, it's not your typical race. You're doing a lot of sliding and climbing up mountains um you know um rock climbing also um through um different parts of the the um trails and stuff like that but um you know i i enjoy it um i enjoy this race and i think what makes it really enjoyable for me i mean besides you know being so hard um is the is the runners you know just being part of you know the people that show up here um whether you finish or not everybody is in enjoying in each other's company and just telling all the all the great stories that they had on the course you know and um i just think that you know every every race is you know different and you have a family um and just hanging out with that family after the race and discussing what just happened and coming to realize like wow that was just one incredible journey you know whether finishing or not it's just it's that day that just kind of um has so many stories and like you're going to talk to you know um two other people that or four the people that did the race and they're going to come away with a lot um, a different story than I have. So that's what's great about this. And I think it happens with any race. Everybody's got a different journey and a different story to tell. And it's it's super exciting to hear that.
0: Well said. Uh, that's great. Um well thank you, Tori, and congrats on the marathon finish. Thank um, you. If people want to connect with you, uh what is are your Strava is is it Victoria?
1: Uh Victoria Kendra. Victoria Griffin Kendra, I think. I'll
0: um, double check that, but I'll put it in the show notes. <clears throat> uh, and then, is there? What's the best social media for you?
1: Uh Facebook and Instagram.
0: Uh, the Facebook I think is the Victoria Griffin Kendra, right? Correct. And yep. then uh, Instagram.
1: Uh, Instagram's a little different. It's Jersey Girl. Um, it's Jersey and it's G R L Z. Jersey Girls.
0: G R L Z. Jersey girls. It's just at Jersey girls. <laughs> I'll find you. I, I, we're friends. So <laughs> I will find you and, and make sure I put the right things in this. That way. If people have questions, they can, they can reach out and and, and ask. Absolutely. So, that was awesome. Tori. Thank you so much for, for sharing this with us. I really appreciate your well, time yeah. and coming on.
1: Thank you. I can't wait to hear the podcast.
0: <laughs> Next week. I
1: want to hear everyone's everyone else's takes on, uh, on the race. <laughs>
0: All right. My next guest on this podcast is John Goldfield. John, it's great to see you. I'm glad you're great here. How are you? you? <laughs> I am I am good. All um, right. Great. <laughs> John and I had a cheers prior to starting the recording. John, would you like <laughs> to talk about what you're drinking, which is very good? Ah, yes.
3: Uh, in honor of this podcast, I cracked open my bottle of Brushy Mountain Double Barrel Straight whiskey which is finished in caribbean rum barrels so it's got a little rum to it too but it's uh yeah it's a a 113 proof uh whiskey from tennessee (laughs) tennessee whiskey just like uh chris Stapleton. that's fantastic
0: um tory had mentioned that the um is it the penitentiary itself that has a restaurant and a a distillery is that correct
3: yeah, the yeah right, right down the road, just a little bit from it, uh, sort of in front of it as you approach, is a, uh, a pretty tasty restaurant. It has a distillery. They do moonshine and uh, the whiskey and some cinnamon thing and a vodka too. <laughs> right on, like a, some kind of fireball-ish Yeah, drink. basically. Okay,
0: fair enough. Um, John, you and I know each other, but the audience may not know you. So uh, why don't you tell them a little bit about your background, who you are and, and where you're from and your running background?
3: Sure. Uh, I am uh, 56 years old, uh, started running um, for real again. Uh, I, was, I was a runner in high school for a little while, but just sort of uh, cross country and some 10 Ks, but started running for real again in about 2000. 14 or 15 uh, just to try to get back in shape and swore I'd never do anything longer than a half marathon and uh, somehow ended up on the slippery slope of uh, trail running and, uh, ultra running. So I've been doing that for, uh, for several years now. Um, I, uh, have two kids, uh, right now I'm working as a uh, PA in an emergency room here in Raleigh and, um, yeah, that's basically it. Somehow I've managed to uh, put uh, get myself five hundred mile buckles and a bunch of fifties and fifty ks in there somehow, and uh, sign up for crazier races every year. It seems like right. It's it's that's the way it goes, right? And uh,
0: <laughs> you ha you just recently finished a uh, hundred miler in Tahoe. Yeah. Um, remind me of the name was it the tahoe 100 yeah tahoe, the tahoe Rim,
3: 100 there's a there's a tahoe 200 as well this is right. the uh the 100s all on the nevada side uh up coming out of carson city and uh, actually at about 103 miles uh 21 or so thousand feet of gain so fair amount of climbing and descending I, I love it how all four of you
0: guys that are, are from our team are from that Raleigh Durham <laughs> Piedmont yeah. area doing
3: this race and doing these monster races. Uh, uh, what are we? What are we thinking? Well, probably because we don't know any better because we don't <laughs> actually run hills all the time.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, so we have my. this sort of romantic view of of running uphill and downhill. <laughs>
0: You got your finish out there, which was, you know, tremendous, <laughs> yeah. especially, you know, coming from
3: Raleigh and, and
0: not only the mountains, but the altitude out there. It's,
3: yeah, it, it it's was awesome. it was tough. I was in the golden hour, but I got it done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what prompted you to do Barclays or the Barclays Fall Classics. Yes
3: um as with with many of these uh situations it was uh somebody suggesting a very bad idea and me saying <laughs> where do i sign up um you know like many of us i'm super familiar with the uh the the big barkley and and the youtube videos and all the legend and lore around uh lazarus lake and all of his stuff and uh two years ago i actually put my name in the lottery um and was not anywhere near prepared to run it and didn't get pulled, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> last year, I did the same thing and uh, even ended up scheduled to work that weekend. So there was no way I was going to do it. But last year, a friend of mine um, who I met through a uh, Tanawa Adventures Trail Camps um, came out to run it and stayed with me. And he actually, I hooked him up with Tori um, and they drove out together uh, and ran the race and came back and regaled me with stories and all this stuff and, <laughs> and, and made it clear that I had to try one more time. And so last year when I put in for the lottery, um, when it first opened, I immediately got in and thought, all right, you know, here's my turn. It's my <laughs> turn to do Barkley fall classic. So I didn't, I honestly didn't even worry about it. I just thought, yeah, this is going to be great. It's just a hard trail run and if <laughs> you guys can do it. I can do it. And you know, whatever it's, I have no idea what I'm, what I'm getting into essentially except what they tell me. So that is the funny thing about Barkley is that you can't, there's, there's nothing you can't go online and watch videos of people running the course and, get a feel for what you're going to do at what point. And I do, I do so much training, you know, Aaron, I, you know, me, I do spreadsheets and I do like lists and I have it all figured out and dialed so that I have everything thought out that could happen so that when weird things do happen that I'm not prepared for, it's like the most minor adjustment, you know, Um, at, at Tahoe, I had everything figured out down to the wire. And for the most part, everything, fell in place and the stuff that didn't was just like, okay, that's great. I can take care of that because everything else is taken care of this race. (laughs) (laughs) I knew from the start that I just was going to have to wing it. Um, And I was really busy with other stuff. I got a whole bunch of other things on my mind. I was getting through this other hundred mile race. I got a a new job thing on the horizon, (laughs) a new relationship in my life. So it's all these other distractions and so it was just like, it was on the calendar coming up and that was it. You know, oh, we're going to Berkeley and we'll figure it out when we get there. Holy moly. <laughs> uh, holy moly is an, an accurate
0: description as far as I can tell. <laughs> right? uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Tori started out the conversation by saying that, uh, you know everybody knows of, of Barkley now and everybody wants to do it. And, and I told her immediately, I was like, well, there's one person right here that has no intention <laughs> no of ever going to do anything like that has Barkley in the title. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I'll go for a run at frozen head state park, but uh, you know, right job. Nah, I don't, I don't need it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so um, so this is, was your first time, Right? Yeah, and, so, and... so first
3: time had no idea, just a uh, yep. Barkley Virgin, and right. uh, mostly there was a lot of people this year that were first timers. Okay,
0: did they yeah. say how many by chance? Uh,
3: I want to say were nearly half the field. Wow, holy yeah. cow! And there was about
0: 400 people, Tori said, I think. Yeah, I think there's about
3: 400 people that, okay. that tow the start line. Wow, holy yeah. cow! Um,
0: and that's that's all pulled through the lottery pretty much, yeah, the lottery, and then off the wait list
3: yep, from what I understand, it's it's a it's a completely random lottery to get in the first poll and then the wait list isn't even in order. It's just random off the wait list too.
0: And so it's nothing like hard rock where there's like a, a virgin wait list and a, or excuse yeah. me, a
3: virgin lottery. It's just, everybody's all in the same pool. Just everybody's all in the same thing. Now everybody says that there may be some, you know, behind the scenes finagling. I'm sure there is, you know, there are people that he really wants to be able to run it again. Maybe there's there's sure. a few guys that were trying to keep, you know, streaks going of numbers of years in a row. And, sure, uh, you know, Corey Waltering was in and you know yeah. maybe he was considered as a, an elite and let in later, who knows? You know, I'm sure yeah. there's some of that that he can have some flexibility with um but for the rest of us you know schlumps we're just on the wait list and we don't even know where we are on the wait list so
0: (laughs) he didn't post the wait list or anything it's just kind of no it's
3: completely random so yeah yeah, all of a sudden you get an email yeah you get a condolence letter email is what it is yeah oh my god (laughs) Uh, very good
0: so um okay so you know we've already said this is a humdinger so you know let's talk about this humdinger <laughs> tell me about this course what was your impressions of this course
3: well the the funny thing is is uh that my my friend uh who is from norway his name is magnar um and he's he's an outstanding mountain runner that's his thing he runs european mountain races and he's done he's done barkley twice before and finished the 50k both times so he's He's quite accomplished and is also very humble about his, uh, his deeds. And, and he's very kind and stays back with me at the beginning of races. And, you know, that we've done together and all that stuff. We, we went to Packet Pickup and we get at Picket Packet Pickup on Friday. We got there around one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. And you get a, a bandana that has the map printed on it. And that's the first time you get to see the course. So we jump in the car and we're driving to go get, grab lunch. And he looks at he's looking at the map very quietly for a little bit, and then all he says is, "Oh no!" <laughs> I'm driving, and I say, "What do you What do you mean? Oh no! Oh, That's no. all you said is oh no." Oh, and he no. Just, he wouldn't even answer for a minute, and I said, "No, you have to be you have to tell me what you're thinking right now." <laughs> done this course twice, and it was hard both times you did it, and now you're saying oh <laughs> no, I'm saying oh no. <laughs> so he he was saying oh no about the the three signature hills you mm-hmm. know rat jaw meth lab and testicle spectacle and he said N- we've never he's never sent everybody up and down all three of those in one race
0: <laughs> god bless
3: and, and he was worried and i said i i really at a certain point so i listened to all the people like we got to lunch at the at the distillery at the prison and all these other people and Tori and her husband and Magnar and then people have done it before all talking and giving advice and saying, well, here's maybe what this is going to be. And here's maybe how this is going to be. And you really need to try to do this or that. And honestly, at a certain point I just told everybody, I I think y'all just need to, I'm not going to listen to anybody anymore because (laughs) y'all are scaring me. All you're doing (laughs) is scaring me. And I know I have to get out that start line and I have to put one foot in front of the other and do something. Right. So I'm just going to go out and and run. (laughs) So that's that's at a certain point, I stopped worrying about it. And I just said, all right, I, I have a vague idea of, of the cutoffs and I have no idea. Like the mileage means nothing to me because I can't bring my GPS, right? You know, everything, every other race I do, I, I have a, a, the GPS. So I know how many miles between locations and I have a rough idea how long it's going to take me. And I have my watch beeping every 35, (laughs) minutes to tell me to eat. And you know, I got it all dialed, right? Yeah. And all I'm trying to control for all the controllables. <laughs> and there's literally no controllables. Oh, right, basically. right. So, so how'd that play on you? Talk about that for a second. Not all right. So yeah. So um in the beginning I just thought it was it seemed like fun, right? I am like, <laughs> oh, this would be great. This is gonna be fun to not know what's going on and just run the race. <laughs> Let me tell you, Aaron, <laughs> I am a, I am a creature of uh, data, um, at least like I'm not a total data head, but by many stretches in this world of ultra running, like I am the least data conscious guy, but <laughs> the basics of knowing where I am and how far I have to go to the next aid station ended up weighing on me. It was very interesting. In the beginning, it didn't really matter. I just was having fun. And when the first aid station came up and I realized I was 30 minutes under my estimated time, I thought, great. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is exactly what I want. You know, I'm, I'm right on pace. I'm doing better than the minimum I need to do to get here. So I should be fine. This was it started with a climb and I made it up and it's great. And I grabbed some food and I kept running. And then the next aid station just didn't come for so, so, so long. <laughs> And I kept thinking, is it because I'm slow? Is it because it's steep? It didn't feel like that was the case, but maybe did I miss an aid station? Right. Did I? Was there a, an imaginary aid station at some point? Because last <laughs> month that too. Uh, I have no idea. And so that just compounded as I went on and on until finally the, the Sharpie that I had written on my arm of all the times just rubbed off. Oh, and I was like, okay, well, that's clearly, I, I can't even think about that anymore. I just to keep moving forward. <laughs> so i mean my whole idea was the only thing that my takeaway from all these discussions was that the first mostly like the first half of the race was going to consist of actual trails and they were legit trail running ultra trails like nothing nothing to sneeze at lots of climbing some of you were a little bit technical or whatever but stuff i had done before i've climbed hills before i've I've struggled through the the uphills at South Mountains. I I did Tahoe Rim Trail, had that god-awful straight up the ski run thing (laughs) twice. Um, And I said, okay, that's fine. I can power through these things because I know what to do. And if I can just get through the first part as efficiently as possible, then I can struggle through these crazy hills that I have no idea what they really mean. These (laughs) briars and meth lab and all these other things. I'm just going to like see what they are and kind of enjoy the spectacle of being on those things for the first time ever, ever having seen them on YouTube videos and everything. Right. So that was the plan. (laughs) And the plan went pretty well for a while. I actually was, I I ended up ahead of Tori for a while and I didn't really feel like I was, I was extending myself too much, but I felt really good running downhill. And I kind of bombed some sections, probably messed up my quads a little doing that, but, but honestly, I was doing fine until uh there was one long climb uh up uh yeah, what was the hill? That's um it. uh it was the one with the the tower. I can't even remember Tori knows all the hills. <laughs> it, it, uh I think that was was that ratjaw that no, it wasn't it, was, it wasn't even it was before ratjaw, it was coming up. Um she had mentioned it how there was like a punch, you had to go up the steps to the yeah, you gotta tower. go up the tower. And before it was basically getting up to that point, I had worked hard. That's all. I had just yeah. kind of worked hard getting up to the ridge line and then I climbed the tower and I was all proud of myself. I was like, okay, I'm really tired. I'm, you know, I'm pretty fatigued, but there's rat jaw in front of me. So let's get to it. You know, let's just start going down rat jaw. And, um, and what I, think so there's all the retrospect right of things i could have done better things that might have like set me up for failure and all this stuff
2: sure
3: um because you know the 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 spoiler here is that this was a d this is my first dnf ever this race (laughs) 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 and i'm proud of it it's it's a good one it it beat me fair and square that's fair that's fair i i hit the top of rat jaw excited to jump into the briars because I'm an idiot (laughs) and I'm basically like 12 years old in my head or 10 maybe even I don't know five at that point and I was (laughs) like let's do it bring it (laughs) so I slide on my butt down that first little entry into rat jaw and it takes me about an hour to get down this hill um, just working my way through that already pretty, you know, pretty cleared out path. I mean, from what the front guys went through, I can't even imagine because, right. you know, it was unstable and a little slippery and would catch your foot and you had to hold cables and stuff to get down. And, you know, it wasn't easy, but it was definitely, I wasn't blazing trails, which is great. But what I didn't do is I didn't eat anything that entire time and I didn't drink that much and it was hot. It was exposed. And it was downhill, so it wasn't like I was working all that hard. But there was a stretch of time where I wasn't taking in fluids and food. That's where that started. Mm. Then you get to the bottom, and it's this ridiculous little, like you know, I don't know, fifteen foot drop down this sheer cliff in dirt, where everybody's cheering for you and laughing, and there's the oohs and the ahs, like they're (laughs) watching a you know fireworks display when you when you swing and miss something and look like you're gonna fall on your butt and. You get to go through the prison and all that stuff. It's really fun. You're going through the tunnel and it's like, oh, it's all these like signature things. And then I roll into the aid station down there and I realize, oh, I I haven't eaten in a while and I haven't even finished my water bottles. Like there's still water left of these bottles. So I chug those. I try to eat something, kind of take it easy and do the little, you know, sort of flat road uh, jog essentially to get to the base of meth lab. But when I hit the base of meth lab, I was already kind of feeling fatigued. Mm. And then I started climbing that thing and I couldn't, I just didn't feel like eating. And I was starting to run out of water again and it was hot and oh my God, I couldn't get my heart rate to slow down. I would get dizzy. I'd stand up and wobble and almost fall backwards down the hill because it was so steep Uh, I spent a lot of time crawling on hands and knees or really hands and feet, like kind of digging my toes in and then putting my like fists down into the dirt um, because I had my work gloves on and everything still. But just like crawling, making such slow progress up this hill. And, um, And it was hot and, you know, people started passing me and then I would sit for a while and I'd think about eating, but I just didn't feel like eating. And my brain just wasn't like, I, I know all the stuff that needs to be done. I mean, I've done this before. I've been in, the, in, in so many situations where I know what to do. I've treated other runners when I've worked aid stations and told them what to do. But my brain <laughs> just wasn't hearing it. <laughs> and I was just, just sinking deeper and deeper into this deficit. Oh, and looking at the top of, of Meth Lab, you could see the up at the horizon there at the top, it was flat. And you could see somebody in a yellow vest walking back and forth. And so I thought, okay, that's my goal. I got to get to the top of this hill one way or the other. Hell or high water. i got to get up there because then at least I can get some support and I can rest and I can recharge and all that stuff. And it was just taking forever. And Tori ended up catching up with me and trying to encourage me. And she says, do you need anything? Do you need anything? And I look at my pack and I've got everything on me. I've got, I still have a little bit of water. I've got food everywhere in every pocket. I've got salt tabs. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll take a salt tab. So I'm starting to come cool up a little bit. And I'm like struggling along still. And I pull out something to eat. I just didn't even want to deal with it. And um, it, it took me forever. I, I think it took me two hours to go a little over a mile up this hill. And I finally get to the top and crest this stupid hill and clamber over onto the road. And what's up at the top is two rangers side-by-sides, like forest rangers side-by-sides, just like basically watching for dead people. (laughs) (laughs) And no aid station.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) It's just
3: Uh flat. It is flat and there's shade there. So I go over into the corner of the, this flat part of the road into a pink pile of rocks even. And I collapse on the ground and I curl up in the field position with literally with my hands under my head, like I'm <laughs> sleeping like a baby. And the, the ranger comes over and he says, hey, buddy, are you passed out? And I'm like, no, I just need to rest for a little bit. And then I was like, you could just feel the energy just drain out of me and I start cramping. My legs start cramping. So I'm trying to get into a position so they'll stop cramping. And I'm trying to massage and stretch. And I'm like, oh, I realize I have got to stop and I've got to start drinking. and I've got to eat something. I got to eat a lot. Like I need to just totally assume that this is I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes right here eating whatever I can get my hands on out of my pack (laughs) and water. And so I'm drinking my water. And all of a sudden I look around, I realize, oh, these Rangers don't even have any water. So this is it for my water. So now I'm rationing my water when I clearly need it and trying to eat and didn't want to eat anything. And the story at that point was that we're at the top of meth lab. And if you go back down on the other side, that's testicle spectacle. And at the bottom was this like, you know, this oasis apparently awaiting all of us (laughs) with. Water and ice and pizza, and everybody kept saying, Oh, just get to the aid station. There's water and ice and pizza. It's all there's Coca-Cola, cold Coca-Cola. Get first, <laughs> and I said, That sounds great. How far is it? And they said, It's about a mile. And they're coming up out of that canyon saying, But boy, that climb up sucks.
2: <laughs> like,
3: so I have to go down a mile <laughs> to the aid station, but I still got to come up out of there because there's no extraction. Oh my god. <laughs> and the ranger says yeah if you want to if you if you need to bail if you need to get back to the prison to get the bus back to the start you you know don't go to the next aid station because they can't help you you got to come back up here and go back down meth lab and then hike into the prison because we they couldn't even drive us out because apparently the road was so sketchy they couldn't put anybody in there side by sides to get out so at that point i was completely in my head i had you know just." total fatalism and, you know, realizing, Oh, I can't do this. There's no way I'm going to go down that Hill and, and, you know, have to come back up and have to go back down meth lab just to get to the bus of disgrace. And, um, I laid there for about almost an hour trying to eat and get feeling better. And I was just starting to feel a little bit better. Hadn't been cramping quite as much when a bee stung me on the back of my thigh, as i was sitting on the ground <laughs> so i i scream and jump and then that's that's when the real cramps started oh, no no <laughs> like the other stuff was just that was just play time <laughs> the real cramps were literally everything from the waist down oh my god like even the arches of my right feet and toes groin muscles hip oh, flexors quads calves oh, everything going i jump up I'm trying to walk. I can't walk because my feet won't even lay flat on the ground. I can't stand upright because my hip flexors won't (laughs) let me. I'm screaming and laughing at the same time. The Uh rangers are just looking at me and laughing because they don't know what to do to help me. This guy, Don, that's from England is sitting down next to me. And he's like, can I do anything for you? You need some salt tabs? I'm like, I've already had four. I don't know what else to do. Oh, my God. So finally I walk around Um, and the cramps are weird because they were so, so bad and so incredibly painful. And literally at one point I took a deep breath and they just completely went away. Like all at once, all of them uh, went away. Huh. And it was just like, it was like this, oh, it was so relieving. It was the most wonderful feeling. but it, And yet I was super scared, like I really carefully walked Yeah, it's going to happen again.
2: <laughs> suddenly,
3: I hung out for like another 15 minutes or so. And at that point, Don was going back down meth lab towards the prison to bail. He had already dropped. And I finally just thought, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to be able to make it down that hill and back and then back down again, or even consider going back up rat jaw at that point and whatever mileage there was to the decision point, which I know I won't be able to make at this point. Mm. And so I walk over to the ranger and I said, yeah, I I think I need to, I think I need to head back to the prison. And he said, so you're dropping. I said, yeah. And so he gets on the radio and he says, runner 272 is a quitter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and i just i just thought oh that hurts so much <laughs> <laughs> that punch right in the gut oh! <laughs> 272 is a quitter <laughs> yes i just saluted him and said yes i am sir yes i and, am uh, me and don started down Sorry. the hill sliding on our butt and kind of helping some other runners were coming up they were just like completely wrecked and we would talk to them and say well here's the deal this is what we discovered at the top so you make <laughs> the decision what you want to do yeah And uh, by the time we got back down and we were walking into the prison, you know, I felt basically fine. I was tired, but... You know, my body was okay, and I sat down at that aid station for a while and chatted with these middle schoolers who were running the aid station from Coalfield, and they were so cute and funny, and they were asking all these funny questions, and they just thought I was the craziest, weirdest thing ever. And, <laughs> and then eventually, they they said, "Oh, the bus of disgraces' brakes are out, so you got to clamber in the back of this pickup truck, the, the, the high school <laughs> football coach's pickup truck, and we'll drive you back to the finish." And that's how that's how my race ended in the back of a pickup truck. Oh my God. That is such a great story, man. Oh, oh my god! god. Not, not not the fact that you DNF,
0: but just the way it happened. That's I yeah.
3: Mean, it was it was spectacular for sure. It's, it's yeah. A total blow up.
0: That was a spectacular <laughs> DNF. That was. If anybody has a good story to have, for having DNF, that that would be it. That's yeah. Fantastic. I was
3: I was a complete miserable piece of crap going up that hill. <laughs> I was so pitiful. Oh my god and i was so dirty too like i got dirty doing stuff but then like i literally was wallowing in the dirt <laughs> at the top of the hill so my shirt i have an mr running pains shirt that i wore oh i thought it would be funny to show how yes. dirty it got because it's that, white that it's text was priceless. The
0: <laughs> that i that, mean that, that, and then the washing machine like just the right? the brown water in that washing machine i was like oh my god <laughs> It took to like loads. <laughs> God, you're gonna have to get a new washing machine. I don't, I don't know if you could sanitize your washing machine. That's I, just it was so bad. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That, oh, well. Yeah. I, like I can, I can commiserate, dude. Like the the dust that I talked about out at Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, I wore my Olympus for the first time today. the The pair that I wore <laughs> the most out there, right? Yeah. And They're like they're already brown, so it doesn't like it doesn't do the the dirt justice like i i can't tell how dirty they were until i took them off <laughs> and looked at my feet today after the run yeah they were totally brown just from <laughs> all the dust from bigfoot i mean it was disgusting yeah i was like oh my gosh they are so dirty oh my god um, oh my god so um <laughs> back to the um you talked about a few things that I'd like to kind of go over. Um, you talked about your nutrition. Now, Tori had yeah. told us that you,
3: you can't carry your normal gel packets. Right. How did you deal with that? So I actually went to target and I bought some uh, shampoo containers that are a, uh, like a latex uh, squishy uh, okay. material. Yeah. Um, and I was very worried that they would bust open and squirt all over everything, but they actually did pretty well. Okay. Um, if I, the only problem was that I had one, in my accessible pack and that held two gels. Um, So I had two more that were in my main pack, but once I got to rat and was too busy, like, you know, staying upright, I stopped getting new things out of my pack. Yeah. Yeah, So so. I didn't actually access those until I was laying on the ground up at the top of meth lab and, you know, already in a bad space. So um, figuring out a way to have better access to the gel food would have been a good thing. This is all, all the lessons I learned from this one. That was one of them was that when it's hot and when I'm uh, struggling uphill or running downhill and too busy to, to hold something and and more importantly to chew something, um, I need the gels and, and the, the awesome sauce is what I was using and I can tolerate that in the heat for a long time i mean mm-hmm. that that carried me through tahoe rim mm-hmm. uh, really well because it was the thing i could easily put down you know even when i was running i could breathe still you know chewing like i i like to use payday bars and i like to use uh, stroop waffles and things like that and even granola or like cliff bars but i can only do those when i'm either walking or running on a really good flat where i don't have to think about anything and can kind of chew with my mouth open mm-hmm. and breathe through it but gels i can get down and mm-hmm. and not being able to pack a lot of gels and not having access to the ones I did have, um, I think limited some of my nutritional intake a little bit too. Did you have any of that other
0: stuff on you? Like the paydays or the bars or anything? Yeah. I had
3: all that yeah. stuff. you were anything all easy
0: access. Right. <laughs>
3: yeah. Could have gotten yeah. those at any second, but right. did I? No. Nope. Hey, <laughs> <Fair laughs> I, no I can't chew <laughs> yep. a payday right now. I can't <laughs> even <laughs> breathe. Yeah, Yep. Yep. yep understood understood yep. <laughs> that it all planned that's right <laughs> yep the wrong yep. plan
0: yep no, that, that's that's right
3: <laughs> it, it, it's It's good to have a plan until you get punched in the face, right? That's I got definitely punched in the face. Thank you, Mike Thompson. I got punched in the face by meth lab. Bip number 272. (laughs) 272 has been punched in the face. Check. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So that was that was definitely one thing. And and so, like, if if I were to do that course again, which you know, I'm still and have too much PTSD, so I'm definitely saying no, I'm not doing that course again. But if I were to literally be in the same place I was last weekend when i got to the top of rat jaw i would have stopped and had a picnic
2: Mm
3: -hmm. i would i would have spent two minutes just eating and drinking Mm -hmm. if i if if, you know knowing what i know before the descent right before yeah before the descent just like put it all in and then don't worry about it just get down maybe drink some when you get to the bottom but like that's where i was going to have to take in food and then same thing going to the aid station at the bottom have something at the aid station. But then when I got to the bottom of meth lab, instead of looking at it and saying, oh boy, I better get started on this hill, stop and eat something. Yeah. You know, when I still had some energy, when I wasn't huffing and puffing, um, just put in the calories right then and there. And then don't worry about it as much when it's hard to put them in. And yeah. then you know maybe make sure that the gel stuff that I had available was available for the hard climbs or the hard descents. Uh, because that was the only thing I was going to be able to tolerate. So that probably would have helped. Uh, maybe a third bottle would have helped. I carried a third bottle. It was in my pack, empty in my backpack. You know, yeah. a lot of it did me, but I had it. <laughs> I just didn't think to fill it. And I could have used that, too, because at the top of meth lab, if I had like everything with me and all the water, I, I, I have run this through my mind many times and thought, what if. I rehabbed just enough to get down to the to the last aid station at the bottom of testicle spectacle and then spent another 45 minutes there eating and drinking, cooling off and then worked my way back up the hill. Could I have at least finished the marathon? Sure. I wouldn't have made the cutoff for the 50K, but I might have made the cutoff of all the rest of the stops and made it to the end still because I had a lot of time. That that is the
0: seed, right? That's the seed that's gonna Uh, start growing in you. And that's the questions that you will start evolving (laughs) in your brain for when Ultra Sign Up pops up and says the (laughs) registration is about to open for the Barclay Fall Classic. (laughs) That you're like, son of a I'm gonna sign up. (laughs) uh, mm -hmm. So, So sidebar here as you drink your double barrel whiskey. Yes, have you ever drank alcohol on course?
3: Uh, I have actually, Um, I did that at um, no business. Uh, No business had some type of uh, cinnamon whiskey. It wasn't fireball, (laughs) but it was uh, some type of cinnamon whiskey. I think at Duncan Ridge it's called, which is about mile 62. So it was the middle of the night and they were serving brisket and they had this whole spread. And I came into the aid station and that place was absolute carnage. There were people with (laughs) thousand yard stairs everywhere, but I actually felt pretty good. It's weird. Like, juxtaposition of like yeah i'm tired but i've been going slow enough that i think i'm okay <laughs> and i saw the whiskey and i looked at the lady behind the bar and i said i'm gonna take a shot and of course you know <laughs> for me a shot of whiskey in the middle of the race is like not even a pinky finger full but, <laughs> but to do that right at that moment right like, it just was a mental switch that was like yeah. this is cool this is yeah great. I this oh, at 62 miles in the middle I, of the night <laughs> I, I i will say it does take an edge off does it not yeah it does. Yep. Yeah. And it also wakes up your mouth. Like my yeah. mouth always tastes like cardboard at about that point. <laughs> everything I've been taking, all the sugar, basically. Right. Everything just tastes bland and blah, and you can't really ever get that taste out of your mouth. And I do, I do carry those little wisp toothbrush things yes. with me. And that helps a little bit. Right. But cinnamon whiskey, like just boom, wakes up yeah, your yeah. taste. It's like scope. <laughs> yep. yeah it is it's just like <laughs> I, I was my
0: mine. I think I was okay I was at Georgia death race uh, yeah. was near I believe it was winding stair if I'm remembering correctly and I, the Boudins, uh Beth Buden and her husband were were there Mark and they're they're wonderful people and they were running the aid station and my race was not going well mm-hmm. I, was, I was getting near the end though and I knew I was getting near the end and I, you know I was trying not to be frustrated because i wasn't having the day that i wanted and they said hey aaron would you like a drink and i looked at their <laughs> spread and i was just like wow holy cow these are not well drinks like they had gray goose for instance and i was just yes. like i'll take the gray goose <laughs> and, and <laughs> you know like when i had that it, I, it took the edge off i did not yeah. care about where i was or what
3: position i was in i was just like
0: i'm almost done this is a good like-
3: day <laughs> you know so uh, it's but, such a mental thing. Yeah, right? it's not, so, uh, the alcohol is not in, in anywhere near enough to actually do anything. No, but no. this mental idea of having yeah. done something like that—it's
0: just relaxing, you know, yeah. like. Uh, it- not that I'm suggesting that everybody should
3: do shots in the middle of a race, but uh, you're going you know, to get a lot of comments on this one.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's it's well, <laughs> I, I, I just thought of it at the prison. I'm like, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea if the uh, distillery right. set up, you know, like at the yep. prison you hit it twice
3: right at the, at the yeah prison. we come to the prison twice yeah. of course it's run by middle schoolers so that might have been one of the reasons oh, oh, yeah, there, but... <laughs> maybe we put the middle schoolers elsewhere <laughs> right. well and i think part of the problem also is that this is all in a state park too like mm. i guess at the prison it's not technically in yeah. the state park because that's ask about probably that. yeah. property yeah yeah in state parks you can't ever have that right now, right at south mountains uh marathons um, there's one aid station that's, that steps out of the state park slightly as okay. you get to the top of a mountain, it's on a road. Right. And those guys always have fireball. Nah. <laughs> so that's good to know if you're running South mountains, that right. even right. though it's in a state park, you can always get a little nip.
0: That's yeah. No, I, I, you know, I've, I've, I don't want to incriminate myself, but <laughs> we've yeah. had races in the past, we'll say in generality <laughs> in mm-hmm. which there may or may not have been <laughs> alcohol right. at various aid stations, uh, <laughs> not through any doing of my own. This was volunteer <laughs> done without my knowledge. But when the folks came in and was just like, dude, that, you know, that's aid station that had this. I was like, wow, oh, really? I did not know <laughs> about that. <laughs> like, it was great. I'm like, all right, right. well, good for you. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah. Um, so, um, other things you talked a little bit about the, the gloves, uh, Tori had also mentioned gloves. Did you do anything else, um, gear wise in order to kind of prepare for, you know, all of what you went through?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I wore, um, I have a pair of tall, uh, like calf compression in gingy socks that I honestly don't use all that much. Um, I use them sometimes in the winter time and that's it. Um, but, um, I just decided to wear those for the whole race and thought I would just pull them down if I got hot, but I never ended up needing to. So those stayed up the whole time. So my shins and calves were fine. Um, and then I had some, um, some just simple, uh, arm sleeves that I carried in my pack mm. that I threw on just before going down rat jaw. And when I got to the bottom of rat jaw, I just pulled them down. So they were just kind of around my wrists. And if I was going back up rat jaw, I would have just pulled them back up again. So okay. my arms and my lower legs really had no marks on them at all. I had some scratches on sort of my knees, knees. up to my thighs, you know, to the yeah. bottom of my, where mm-hmm. my shorts were, but mm-hmm. that was it. And, and they weren't that bad. Like I said, the, the front runners, you know, they cleared everything. So it was a it was a pretty clear path on the way down, and yeah, there were there were you know branches that stuck into the path here and there, and you know you'd wobble and you'd end up on the side of the path and hitting branches as you were going. Um, the gloves were key, though. I just had some basic leather work gloves from you know Lowe's mm-hmm. uh, because so many times I would grab branches that were briars um to to stable myself uh, stabilize myself and and really a lot of there's there's a big heavy cable that's on the ground all the way down mm. and a lot of times i was holding that cable and sort of um repelling down essentially yeah sure but i could even walk forward leaning into the cable with both hands on the cable and just running it through the gloves and um and it was you know it was it was rough and it had sharp parts on it and it had frayed sections and all that mm. stuff. My gloves just totally handled it. Nice. I mean, they're, they're so dirty. I can't even, I don't even know how I'm going to clean them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any hope for that. Yeah, probably <laughs> no point. I mean, they were like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even worth it, but yeah, they, the gloves were great and yeah. um, they were completely sweaty. I had them actually um, attached. I have an ultra spire pack, the, mm. an old one that I used for this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I actually attached them to the pole uh, bungees yeah. in, on the back which okay. was perfect just nice. cinched them down super tight so they were right back there i could get to them easily um but they were completely wet with sweat by the time i got them but it didn't seem yeah. to matter So, any any damage
0: to your pack or anything because of the briars that
3: you did anything get um you? it was it was already pretty beat up like yeah. i had already had to patch it a couple times and things mm-hmm. like that but yeah there are definitely some snags on it you can see uh, my socks had some snags on it the my shorts all had that my gaiters got really jacked up Mm. Um, i have some uh i was wearing topo um mountain racer twos which did great by the way they were they were a fantastic shoe for that nice um but the gators they're they're almost completely trashed like the sure. velcro got snagged on them and all the edges got snagged and because those things were really getting a lot of the briars and sticks and right. stuff. We we're going through so but i'm glad well, i have than, them.
0: yeah better than than you um, yeah
3: and, and that way they weren't snagging my shoe but the guy in front of me kept get catching his shoelaces on on branches and briars and stuff through on going down ratjaw. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Gators are a good idea. And those gators are pretty thick and heavy too. So they yeah. were good.
0: Good. Cool. Um you talked a bit about what went wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what uh,
3: anything that you can think of that went right? Um, I think the race started really well for me. Um Tory Tori talked me into going way up to the front, like literally like the second row back right behind Corey Walterning at the start <laughs> because we wanted to get a picture of Laz lighting the cigarette. So that was sort of hilarious because, you know, then all these fast people were immediately flying by me. But <laughs> um, But there's a long stretch of road and I just... I settled into a comfortable pace and, um, I kind of ran my own race for the beginning and I felt pretty good. Um, by the time we were getting some of the switchbacks going down bird, everything felt great. Um, it was chimney top was that hill that was so hard to climb and and going up chimney top was tough, but I just kept pushing forward. I kept, uh, reminding myself of, of so many races where I've climbed trails like that, even just recently as uh, Tahoe. And just reminding myself, okay, you can just take 10 steps and take a breath. And then 10 step and take a breath. And so all of that was like mentally, I was embracing it. And even though it was it had a certain level of sock to it, um, I was getting through it and and knew I could if I could just, you know, make it to the next, you know, false summit. And then you know, if it's a false summit, not to get it worried about it and just keep going, you know, this because that's the thing that can get so demoralizing. All of that went pretty well until um until I hit rat jaw, which again, I had fun on rat jaw, but I was distracted and hadn't eaten and was starting to get fatigued because it was a lot of work to go downhill, surprisingly. Um, you know, the effort of of supporting myself and trying to keep from slipping and fell a few times on my butt. But um, all of that was a lot of, you know, core strength and you know, weird, like hip flexors and stabilization muscles that, that you don't have to use all the time. So I was pretty fatigued by the time I got to the bottom and didn't realize it. Um, And that's kind of when, that's kind of when the wheels started coming off a little bit uh, at that point.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, Tori talked uh, to me uh, after the podcast about the, she got poison Ivy and her quads were pretty trashed. Mm -hmm. Um, Similar results for you, anything different?
3: yeah I, I didn't get poison ivy but I don't normally get poison ivy um you know i'm I'm, I'm pretty immune to that um, my quads were really sore um but um some of that may have been from the terrible spasms I had too mm. um, but I did my you know my quads got pretty beat up because the downhills were They were challenging, but fun. I mean, they were definitely runnable, but it was like a long, long set of switchbacks.
0: Um, Seducing. They were seducing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Very seducing. So that, that probably set me up for some pain. So I had, I had decent quad tenderness still, even up until, um, I guess two days ago was when I stopped really like, like I could poke my quads, like I'm poking right now. And actually there's a couple spots that are still a little (laughs) sore. (laughs) <laughs> but that's always the, you know, the fun thing was when somebody walks up to you and pokes you and says, how how your quads feel? <laughs> and then you punch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Um, you talked about a few things that you learned anything else that you took away.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, like I said, if going into this race again, you know, I would, I would respect the, the lack of knowledge of distance, um, and and sort of have to wrap my head around that a little bit more because i don't think i really considered that as much um and so maybe i would do more training uh with just a timex watch and Mm -hmm. and see how that feels Mm -hmm. um you know it's a little bit uh, i'd have to go somewhere where i'm not super familiar with the trails to really duplicate that because if i were just to run here in umstead or falls lake or something like that i know the distances i know how far it is to the next thing you know the next landmark all that stuff so it's really that, you know, that feeling of, of just an unknown, uh, you know, horizon ahead of you that you're just having to, to get through so that if somehow I could focus better on the here and now, um, even more than I normally am pretty good at. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at running the mile I'm in and all that stuff. It's just that I know that it's this mile. And i know that there's the next mile ahead and that's a whole different thing running the mile you're in when you don't even know if you're in a mile still <laughs> that's so, yeah, I mean, it so it was some good lessons that way you know in terms of uh, of just being aware of nutrition you know hydration salt intake um listening to my body a little bit better um being smart about considering the next section of terrain and how that'll affect my oral intake mm-hmm. Um, because that's never really happened to me enough to, to have a big impact. Um, when I ran Tahoe Rim Trail, the the precursor to that huge climb was an aid station, and and it was a, an easy opportunity. And even the even the the lead up to the climb was just sort of a steady, mellow hike. And so you could definitely eat and drink, so that when you were in the in the thick of the hard climb, if you couldn't do anything, that was okay. And there was literally an aid station at the top, so there was immediate relief at the top. Um, so all of that stuff, you know, in retrospect, makes that Tahoe Rim Trail climb seem like nothing. Right. Um, if I had done Barkley first, I would have just embraced that hill. said yeah, come on, this is easy. <laughs> you can see where I'm going. There's no
0: priors. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, and, and to your defense, you know, this this didn't, uh, you know, ideally fall in a good Part of the training cycle because you had just, you know, done Tahoe Rim Trail. We were kind of recovering from that and building back. So it wasn't like we had a huge build to this one, you know, right? So, you know, to your defense. Yeah. If I,
3: if I saw this as like an A race for the year, um, yeah, I I would see that you and I would have probably built in a lot more, you know, quad work and and uphill stuff and, you know, even distance things and all those kinds of things. But yeah. And I had COVID too. So that, that extended my, my it sort of fell right at the end of the recovery week, so it added another four or five days of not right, doing anything. So right.
0: you know? that, that was when you came back from Tahoe, right? Yeah, right. when I
3: came back yeah. from Tahoe, that like COVID finally caught me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dad, you and I both. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: that's, I, and you know, you already touched on, you know, not sure if you do this again or not. Um, but it, any advice that you might lend to anybody that's potentially thinking of doing it.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I guess the advice I would have would be um to really, really focus on that nutritional intake. Um and and really I I, I think if I again if I had just had a picnic at the top of of Rat jaw and or at the top and bottom of every major climb. If I just took an extra two minutes to make sure I had taken in some food. I mean it'd be nothing, maybe even a minute of just like power it in, just cram something in. And then that way you can just say, okay, I'm done until I get down with this down from this thing. You'll, you'll drink during them. That's easy enough to do. Like my water bottles have straws. So at the top, so I can reach them and stuff. I don't have to pull them out. Um, But it's not quite enough. Even if you're drinking tailwind or something that's got calories, it's not enough compared to really getting some food in that you can, that'll stick with you. Um, And then, you know, I don't know. The other advice is just to, just to always remember that you, and I always tell people this, I mean, you know, I run that aid station overnight at Umstead and I have rehabbed so many runners who think they're done. And, and the the reality is you can bounce back, right. um, but you got to believe you can too, or yeah. you got to have somebody with you who's convincing you, you can. Right. And I basically had neither. I only had my own little head and a ranger who was more than happy to call me a quitter. <laughs> he thought we were all nuts. He thought we should all just turn around and go. That's back. right. That's right. <laughs> oh my god. He thought the only smart thing I did all day was say I was quitting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So, I, and that's that's brilliant advice for any mountain race, right? Is to yeah. consider, you know, once you reach a summit, if you have not been having your calories, to just take a moment and 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 take that opportunity to douse yourself (laughs) or you know take in a plethora of calories because usually when you get to the top the next thing you're going to do is go back down and if you're trying to consume while going down your stomach's just going to jostle and you have a a higher likelihood of of upsetting the stomach so great point to kind of just get something down you know take a moment let it settle and then you know take your descent Uh, so great point there you know, some folks talk about like trying to do it on the ascent. And of course, like this, it's very tough, obviously, because of what you were describing, you're just hands and knees and and hands and feet doing like mountain climbers trying to get up. You don't have that. You know, it's it's, that's really difficult. So like, I understand why it wasn't, you know, the potential wasn't there. And the same with the descent, you know, but, and again, when you got to the bottom again, potential right there, right. To kind of just take a moment and say, Mm -hmm. all right, I didn't get any calories in, in the last hour. I need to kind of So those reminders and it's tough. You, like you said, you're used to that watch, right? That reminder through your watch and you didn't have that.
3: Right. Plus the fear of needing to move forward. You know, you, you, you do a really, really slow climb and you get to the top. And my tendency is to get to the top and say, okay, now I can finally make up a little bit of time that I just lost. So you want to move forward. And, um, and really that is an opportunity to just stop and and eat something.
0: Oh yeah. Well, it's, you know, Bigfoot, as I yeah. described, as I described the Bigfoot, you know, like when I took the time at the aid stations, it was well worth it. Like yeah. you know, in a race, you know, of, of any length, especially a mountain race, especially the longer the race, the longer the distance, if you take that time at the aid station is well worth your investment of what you're doing there. Like you will, yeah. you know, you will reap the benefits going forward. You will catch those people that did not take the time and bypass them by far. And you will probably beat them by a long shot because you took care of
3: yourself and you took care of your needs. So yeah, it's an interesting thing because everybody always talks about like trying to like cut time in aid stations. And there, and there, I think there is a a tendency to, you know, maybe spend too much time in too many aid stations when you don't need to. But I think if you can identify when you need to, yeah, and and make good use of that time by really exactly. pounding some broth yeah. or getting the salt tabs or, right. or correcting some, you know, physical ailment. Um you're right. Then you definitely end up picking up people that had left before you. Yeah.
0: Yep. No, it's it's that's absolutely. Um any last
3: touch points? Anything else that you can think of that that we didn't talk about? uh i'm i'm still really glad i did it uh, um uh, amazingly everybody always asked me like oh was it terrible and i was said like, yeah it was it was really hard and you know yeah <laughs> i was disappointed at the moment but then i when i decided i was done i still was just so happy to have been there mm-hmm. and to have experienced those hills and those legendary places and shake laz's hand and you know just be there for the end of it and cheer everybody in and you know, call myself a quitter and all that <laughs> stuff. It's so funny. I mean, it's, it's Barkley, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a fun experience to have been a part of. Still glad I did it. Um, not sure if I ever want to try it again. <laughs> I'm glad you embraced the experience. That's that's <laughs> yeah the whole part of this,
0: you know, is embracing yeah. the experience. So, yep. Um, I know you have a website. Would you remind our listeners what that is?
3: Yeah, it's uh, findingawesome.net uh just yeah. some uh just some some blogs that i've done little little write-ups of races and a couple of reflections through covid of things and a uh, couple links to videos that i've done on youtube and things like that so uh, and people can find you on strava at john goldfield yep strava john goldfield instagram i'm johnny tulips because <laughs> uh i play harmonica and my band an old band of mine used to call me johnny tulips for the harmonica thing honestly and your new <laughs> band is The Motel Keys, is that and right? And I have a new band called The Motel Keys. Yes, we're also on <laughs> Facebook and hopefully soon on Instagram.
0: it's J-O-H-N-N-Y or J-O-H-N-Y? Uh,
3: it's J-O-H-N-N-Y, the number two and L-I-P-S on Instagram. All right. Facebook at all? Yeah, Facebook. I'm just John Goldfield.
0: All right. Got it. Yeah. I will put all that in the show notes so anybody that wants to check you out. Did you do, I, I'm sorry, I missed it if you did. Did you do a blog report on this one?
3: I have not done one yet. Okay. I, I, I'm I'm mulling it over and uh, and deciding how it's going to go. I did yeah. take some videos, but they're they're really funny. How bad the quality is. <laughs>
2: like
3: I've done some pretty good. I'm not. I'm no. You know. I'm no Billy Yang here, but <laughs> you know, I do okay with my little GoPro. And yeah. I did terrible videos uh-huh. on this race and i think that's just a clear indication of where i was
2: <laughs>
3: i couldn't even hold the thing up and aim oh, it the I, right I, way I, and are all dude, smudged I, and everything
0: that, my bigfoot one i was you know bye i think that's some peak over there
3: it was terrible <laughs>
0: nah, well take your time process it you know like that's yeah. and i'm i'm on part two of bigfoot and i'm only through mile 75 i think in the, the report because it's yeah i'm on page like 16 though (laughs) like i'm I'm, you know i'm typing this thing up so take your time process it it's what you put out there is valuable and and people can get a lot out of that so um check out john's website he does have a lot of great blog reports on previous races he's done so if you're interested in seeing some of the stuff he's done like no business or tahoe rim he has great reports on those so um Please do. Um, and thank you, John, so much for, for your time, Absolutely. for sharing your story. Uh, this was fantastic. I enjoyed sharing a drink virtually with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it Absolutely. was fantastic. Uh, your beard as always is on point. Um,
3: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I can't
0: wait to see you. Uh, well, I'll be seeing John here in a few weeks when I go to Raleigh. So I'm yeah. looking forward to, to going for a run with my buddy here. So stuff. thank you, John. Thanks Aaron. All right. I am now welcoming Chris and Paula Sheeran. I want to welcome you guys to the podcast. Good to see you both.
4: Good to see you. Good to see you.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, we are recording this on Paula's birthday, so uh, you know I should wish her a, a, again. I wished her a happy birthday before we started, but I want to wish her on the recording a happy birthday. So I appreciate oh, you being Thank you.
4: Last year, <laughs> in my thirties. That would make it great.
0: That's that's what my wife says every year. Um. <laughs> uh, but um. Anyway, uh, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about you guys. Uh, we'll just start with, um, why don't you introduce yourselves, uh, who you are, where you live, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of running backgrounds, if you will, what you do, that kind of stuff. Give the listeners an idea about each of yourselves. If, Paul, if you want to start out.
4: Sure. So Paula Sharon, I um, have, we live in Wendell, North Carolina. I've been running for maybe 12 12- years and started just to kind of get into shape and then I don't know started doing half marathons and then marathons and then got into a, <laughs> a group called the Wilson Beer Runners that told me that running ultras was really fun uh and I stupidly listened to them and that's that's where I'm now
5: and <laughs> yeah, I'm Chris Sharon from windale I have a similar background not as many years as Paula but is, is pretty much the same track to getting into ultra running same group of friends
0: <laughs> <laughs> same bad influences yep <laughs> that's fantastic um and and paula you have experience with doing the barclay fall classic why don't you talk about that
4: yeah so i actually i registered i got into the lottery in 2019 um so i was planning on doing it in 2020 and then in 2020 you know everything kind of went up in the air so they didn't let virgins do it that year so I ended up 2021 was the year that I actually was able to do it um and totally dnf'd uh it was I knew it was going to be crazy but it was crazier than anything I ever imagined it poured down rain that year so um probably from about mile nine on it was just a downpour and if anybody knows this course you know that There's a lot of off trail portions that is, it just became a mudslide and it was impossible to get up and down though. Some clearly succeeded. I did not. (laughs) I spent a lot of time sitting on the side of the trail, really questioning my choices. Um, and then I spent three weeks after questioning my choices (laughs) even more because I was covered in poison Ivy from sitting on the side of the trail.
0: (laughs) That's fair. Um, what was your initial reason for wanting to do that race?
4: Uh, I don't know. I had always, I mean, obviously I had heard of the Barkley Marathon. So obviously I'd seen the movie, the documentaries and read about that and thought it seemed really cool and crazy and knew that I was never going to be at the level to be able to participate in that. So this was kind of a small opportunity to, to get a taste of what they did. And I've, I don't know, I've never shied away for signing up for hard things. Um, And I remember I was actually prepping my drop bags for my first hundred miler. And it was the last day to put your name in for the lottery. And I may have had, you know, one too many glasses of wine and thought, why not? (laughs) And I asked Chris to put his name in. Never.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what changed your mind, Chris?
5: Well, the following year, I signed up and she I was like, well, she tried it last year. I guess I should try it this year and see what happens. you <laughs> can try it, I can try it.
0: Okay. I, I had this conversation with John because, you know, you, you you had mentioned, Paula, how, you know, you watched the documentary and you're like, wow, this is crazy, which is where it ends for me and cool because <laughs> I, I, I can't, like, I can't fathom it, you know, like and this is why I love hearing people talk about it and and their experiences and and like the fact that people want to go back, it just, you know, it's it still puts the question mark above my head. <laughs> it still scratches my head when they're like, "I want to go back." And I'm like, "Why? You just described the most awful experience in your life to me, but you want to go back." I'm like, "I don't get it."
5: <laughs> so <laughs> That's it.
4: <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is you're standing at the finish line and you're talking to everybody and everyone's like never again this is my last time I'm not doing it and then the lottery opens and there's a group <laughs> page on Facebook and you see everybody like I put my name on it and you're like wait <laughs> I had a conversation with you and you said you were
0: done All right right and it it is that that group mentality right it's kind of like the herd and that's I think the way Tori described it as like there's just such a a family there right it's like it's kind of almost like a family reunion um that you know you get to see the same people like year in and year out um but i i suppose paula the um going back was it for redemption was that the reason why you signed up again
4: yeah definitely definitely yeah. i just didn't want didn't want the dnf to stand i i knew that if it hadn't poured down rain i thought i could do better um so I wanted to try when hopefully the weather was a little bit better. Um, you know, obviously wanted to go for the Croix. It didn't happen this year. I got a marathon finish, but you know, I'll go back again someday, not next year, not <laughs> next year, but I will go back at some point and see if I can pull in the actual whole thing. But
0: <laughs> I gotcha. Oh man. Well, you know, like um, looking at your schedules, when I saw, Iron Mountain, and then chased with Barkley Fall Classic. I really, you know, I, I kind of scratched my head again. Like, what, what is going on with these two? Like, why? Why do they hate themselves so much?
4: <laughs> has never been used to describe us when it comes to how potential <laughs> our race
0: is. Uh, yeah, well, it's, you know, it. <laughs> That makes me smile. (laughs) So,
4: Well, we saw how that worked out for us this year.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you got your, you got your marathon finished. So that's, you know, a step in the right direction, right? Like you're you're stepping, and we'll hear the, we'll hear the story. So um, why don't you guys go ahead, you know, um, go ahead and, you know, talk, let's talk about the event itself. Um, So um, Chris, you want to start us off with, uh, with, friday you know what what was going on on friday and, and how you guys were doing and what you were thinking and
5: what day was the race was it friday or saturday i can't remember <laughs> the race was on saturday friday was the day we oh, got friday. To to go. <laughs> friday was an ordeal in itself as it took uh, like two extra hours just to get there I could pick pickup was a breeze and we just kind of settled in that evening after we got our map yeah that's figured out any... figured out what trails were we were going to run and kind of uh what it kind of
0: looked like. Were Were you each familiar with the map and and what trails you were going to be required and and?
5: Well, we were familiar with that there was going to be a map, but the trails <laughs> we didn't know of as of yet.
2: Okay. Well,
4: <laughs> I will say, luckily, you know, I, having run last year, all but one of the trails was run last year, so okay. I had at least for the most part seen the majority of the trails and could kind of guesstimate you know what they were going to be like now my memory was very faulty i don't know chris you you can you can explain those first three miles and and how great my memory
5: was so she tells me that the first three miles are totally totally runnable it'll be a freeze run right up it's all runnable jeep trail yep it was jeep trail but we run maybe a quarter of a mile of that cheap trail. It, it was straight up. We were hiking the entire time
4: and he was like, runnable, huh? I'm like, no, I don't know. I mean, I remember this being
5: runnable, but I don't
4: think so. Maybe I'm wrong. It was definitely not runnable. It was not
5: runnable. That's <laughs> relative. I'm, I'm sure some
4: people yeah, could. Some been. people were running. We were not running it. <laughs>
0: let's go to the next part of paul's description <laughs> and then let's compare it to how it actually went <laughs> so you get up the jeep road that leads you to aid station one as i recall correct That's us yep. okay yep. all right and then what was the what was the next thing she described to you chris <laughs> uh,
4: the next section was the part that i hadn't seen so that okay. was actually where it differed from last year is yeah, it slightly different yeah. Okay. So, all right, so we, was, she, she gets
0: away off. with it this time.
5: Oh, yeah. it started <laughs> off, you know, relative, you know, good runable downhill for maybe what a half a mile.
4: Yeah. I mean you and has... then
5: we were right back up.
2: Yep.
5: Yeah. Another <laughs> three miles. Pretty good, pretty good steep elevation. And um didn't I say the last maybe three miles was down, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was, it was good. I mean, it was fast, runnable. I mean, it was narrow and you, you can, when you pass people, you you had to really pay attention to where you were passing, but it was fast and runnable that last three miles to the um, second aid station.
4: Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of switchbacks that you were kind of running back and forth um, having to navigate. It's just crowded at that point. You got 400 people running and everyone's still kind of pretty packed in there. So a lot of on your lefts or on your rights or, Uh, and then a lot of you know getting stung by bees. So.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh.
4: Chris got stung a couple of times. So.
0: <laughs> oh. Were you in You, you in, hear in, someone G- a
4: couple switchbacks down yell, no. "Run fast."
0: <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh, so, so you're ahead at that point, Chris?
5: No, I was following her.
0: Oh, I see. We were together. She started it up.
5: Yeah. We were exactly <laughs> it's, it's my fault. No. <laughs> we stayed We stayed together till. Chip uh, was it? Chimney Rock. Chimney Top. Yeah. So the second yeah.
4: aid station, just under mile ten.
5: Yeah. Did she? Did she leave before you me? start climbing again? <laughs> she left? <loved> yeah. <you.
4: laughs> I waited for you to give the car key.
5: Yeah, she did. She stopped about. Stopped. She stopped about a mile and a half up the trail. said, so here, you I might need this. Him
4: and handed him the car key because I'm a terrible wife.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: ah. oh. Karma got me
2: in the end. So. <laughs>
0: Oh so so okay, so mile ten that's when you guys you separated from that point, well, yeah, I guess yeah. a little bit past that,
5: and so now... I had told him
4: chimney rock climb was, was she
5: tough. said it was a she said it was tough
4: it was tough, but it's it's like one of those sneaker climbs where it it's a you know switch back up, so it's not that bad, and mm-hmm. so I'm sure you know i don't know you can say i'm uh, sure he was like it's not that bad
5: well it w- it was kind of like snooks a little bit where there okay. was a couple of false summits
0: yeah oh, <laughs> oh you're at oh. the top <laughs> and you again, and
5: oh. then you again.
0: <laughs> oh. those are the worst I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it was hard when you never yeah yeah when you hadn't seen it you know it's like i mean you just don't know you know that's the hard part especially the way Laz like draws things, you're like, oh, that looks like it's like a half mile long. <laughs>
5: yeah. The trail itself was good and wide, you know, but it it was it was it was a lot of climb.
4: It got it got steep. I mean, there were you start passing people that were at the front that are just sitting there with their heads <laughs> on their knees. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't oh. now, I was feeling good this They're last year. Breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Last year, going up chimney, I had to keep stopping. I stopped at least ten times to rest against a tree. And this year, I didn't have to stop, so I knew, mean, like, all right, Aaron's, Aaron's treadmill climbs and Bill's sprints <laughs> have done me well
0: this year. <laughs> Good, I am glad to hear that. Um, you know, t- this is something that I talked about with um, with Bill and John. Um, I found it interesting that he doesn't allow for for gel packets. Um, yeah. so, uh, what did? How did you guys work around that?
5: So honey stingers
4: yeah and tailwind solely concentrated <laughs> so, my, my tailwind and
0: okay the and then honey singer, like, my honey stingers the like the waffles or the, waffles. the yeah, yeah. The okay um so uh, well it, it just seems odd that like you can't have gel packets but you can have waffle packets like you know i mean like it's yeah. still a wrapper like i mean i don't know I just, just heard seems... it's,
4: it's the little tabs, the tabs? okay
0: well even so yeah throw
4: away but the tabs end up
0: that's fair that's fair i but yeah i just i just (laughs) found it interesting that you still have all these wrappers you know but whatever (laughs) well then you're on the
4: trail and you see nothing but like beer cans around and you're
0: like okay (laughs) right right and and uh, bottle top caps and yeah (laughs) yep yeah i know that's that's the worst but i got you very good um all right so um making it up um what was the name of, of this climb Chimney Rock. Chimney Rock. Okay. Chimney Rock. Um, Was that the one with the fire tower at the top or no?
4: No. No. So you had to, once you summited this, you kind of had like some rolling flat service road into the next aid station. And then it was like a half mile kind of climb up on a service road. And then you got to the tower.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Uh, And that's, that's where the, the one check-in was, right?
4: Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. You had
4: to go up the tower to the, the top get, of the tower to get and you get your punch. punched.
0: And get punched, okay. Um, and w- were you this distant at this part? The, you know, the two of you. Were you?
5: I hadn't seen her in what I thought was an hour. <laughs> uh... He was
0: convinced I
4: was two hours in front of him. I was maybe thirty <laughs> minutes in front of in front of him. At
2: like
5: high. She's gone. She's gone. She left me. She left me. <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> That's it. I got it. I don't. I don't. I made up my mind at one point, coming up Chimney Rock, as if I ever get to the top of this thing, I'm making a left and I'm going back down <laughs> the trail to the car.
4: <laughs> yeah, you uh, made it Rat
0: Jaw. <laughs> I don't believe you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> You're more of a man than I am for telling that line. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. So all right. Um, you got up to the fire tower. Uh now. Talk the, the, From there, where does it go?
4: So, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Down. <laughs> yeah. I'm told. I mean, I, I'm told that this is the first year that Laz decided we should go down rat jaw. Instead oh, of up
0: right. Jaw. Right. Yeah. So, the whole. So rat. then
4: you go down rat and big rat.
0: Okay. Down and how, how was like John, back. by the time John got to go down, I think he was describing that a lot of the front runners had kind of, you know, made a good path. Um, how was it when you guys went down?
4: I mean, there was definitely a path in areas. There was a path. Sometimes there were times that you kind of, you're sliding down, scrambling down, and then you're shifting and crawling through like a tunnel of briars. <laughs> and then you're back up on your feet and then you're crab crawling and then you're back crawling through briars. It was, uh, it's, it's steep. Um, okay. It was fun though.
5: I lot of fun
4: going down that. I, I <laughs> kind of like latched on to a couple of guys that were passing some people and was like, I don't care what it takes. I'm just going to keep up with them. Um, and there were times that I swear I was sliding down the dirt, like just with my heels, like,
0: just <laughs> sliding
4: <laughs> down. You have gloves on and you're just kind of – but it was fun.
0: Did you use leather gloves?
4: I used just a pair of work gloves.
0: Okay. How about or you, Chris? Mechanic yeah.
5: gloves. Mechanics gloves.
0: Mechanics gloves. Those worked out pretty well?
5: It worked good yeah. for
0: me. Yeah. yeah, good. Did you guys use anything else? That was something else we we talked about with the other two. Um, you know, like John was saying, he wore, like, you know, a higher compression sock to kind of protect his legs a little bit, and he wore arm sleeves. Did, or did you guys just go full send and expose as I, much skin as possible?
5: <laughs> I, I, the only thing, I didn't wear my short shorts. I just wore a re- regular pair of shorts and t T-shirt. <laughs> I will
4: say, I yeah, I, I wore calf sleeves last year. And I got hot until it started raining. So this year, knowing that it was going to be a hot one, I just decided to just bear the briars and got deal with it.
0: Now, Corey Waltering was in this race, right? Did uh, you, yeah. Did you guys get to see him before the start?
4: I did not. But uh, I, I was, was, I
0: was wondering, wondering if he was wearing his traditional speedo for this race because uh... someone mentioned
4: he was going to be in
0: it. And I, I asked that question. I was like, "Oh, I wonder if he's going to wear a speedo." <laughs> God, man. Oh, oh my gosh, I can't imagine if he did. I remember doing. Uh, I did a race up in New Hampshire, and you know we were. It was the 50k US champs, and um, I came up on him, and of course he's in his his traditional speedo. And you know you come up on a guy like that, and you're just like, oh, man, why, why would you learn that and raise but you know, I guess <laughs> if you're comfortable, whatever, sure, but you know i I just when I came up on him this i I listened to a podcast with Carl Metzler, and I think he, they were doing. Maybe it was Western states, and they're going up the uh, the first climb. And Corey was right ahead of Carl, and his butt was just right in <laughs> Carl's face. And he said it was just like, oh, like I can't pass him. You know, it's just like, oh, so like <laughs> that's the that's the image that went through my brain. You know, when, when I saw, him. but I checked on him. I was like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, I'm just i am having a tough time and you know I'm okay and I was like okay so you know on the, on I went but he seems like such a nice guy I mean but yeah the uh the the old um speedo is it, yeah so uh, <laughs> but anyhow um so nothing besides the gloves that's the the extent of the extra gear that you had
4: yeah I wore compression shorts as opposed to like regular runner shorts um you spend a lot of time on your butt <laughs> sliding through dirt <laughs> Yeah. And I know yeah. last year, I saw multiple people that lost the the back of their shorts oh. <laughs> in a very unfortunate fashion. They were
0: wearing, wearing running like chaps. The, <laughs> very, exactly. They were wearing the flimsy shorts. I was like, uh, all right, whatever. A lot of ventilation.
4: Wearing some nice thick shorts that oh. i wear easily.
0: That's very, uh, so Chris, did your, your shorts hold up okay? You didn't oh, yeah. Bare bottom? <laughs> Mine
4: stayed fine. All right. <laughs> Uh, you would have seen that on Facebook
0: if you. Uh, <laughs> I would have taken it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it would have been on the the interwebs, <laughs> posted in in various sites.
5: I didn't slide on uh, my butt much. <laughs> I, I figured out a little trick to slide down the hill with my shoes, like kind of like skiing.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> that's good.
5: <laughs> nice. So, all right, you're, you're getting
0: down Rat Jaw. So you go down Rat Jaw. And then, um, how are your, how are your quads doing? I know that's a, that's a pretty long descent with a lot of elevation loss. So how, how are your legs holding up each of you
5: at that time? Mine, mine were pretty good going down. Okay. At that time.
4: Yeah. I didn't have any troubles going down though. I think my upper body probably, uh, did more of the work. I
0: mean, I'm
4: not kidding. I was, I was crab crawling in a lot of places.
0: (laughs) Right on. So I know you can't wear GPS watches, so it's kind of hard to know about what mileage you are, but um what time about you know how long had you been out there by this point? Three hours. It
5: was three hours to the first aid station. So another two. So it's six. Yeah. I feel six, like six or seven.
4: Yeah, so maybe one PM. Yeah. About okay. it was
5: after lunch.
4: I remember coming through because I remember I wrote on my bib. Um like the cutoffs for my a goal, which was, you know, the 50 K finish. And then the cutoffs, what I needed to make to be able to just get a marathon finish. And I was still at that point, like 45 minutes ahead of the 50 K like cutoff. So I was still.
5: No, pacing. I was 30 minutes. ahead. Yeah.
4: So we were still pretty close together.
5: Okay.
0: Pacing ahead. Gotcha. Okay. Very good. Um, Right on. And uh, so down right you feeling okay where'd you go next in the tunnel in the tunnel <laughs> right, so under the, the prison <laughs> okay so you're in the prison at this point all right
4: through the pitch black tunnel and then i'm nice out over the ladder to get over the wall
0: and there's an aid station at the prison or no
4: yes yeah so you go yeah. through the prison you kind of sh- You get over the prison wall through the through the prison yard and then kind of through the parking lot. You get to the aid station. That was where I got my first fall coming out of the prison, like through the door. There was a bar and these very, very nice, very nice ladies that were clearly touring the prison said, be careful. Someone just fell over there. They tripped over that bar at the bottom of the door. I said, thank you very much. And then I fell
0: right over the bar at the bottom. (laughs) This bar? (laughs) Yes.
4: Thank you. So that was the only time I fell the entire oh. race was on pavement.
0: That's got to be pretty surreal, though, you know, <laughs> running through the prison as part of a race, like that's got to be, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I can't think of really any experience that I've ever had of, of kind of, you know, on a course that's done something like that, you know, <laughs> like that's kind of cool. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, like you said, there there are some cool aspects to the race, but um oh, yeah yeah i'm terrified I
4: mean, of heights so climbing a ladder wasn't exactly my favorite thing to do how
0: high is the wall this is something i hadn't heard like, i know there's a ladder but how high sorry
5: it's about 14 foot, 14 15 foot
0: wow okay so and there's a ladder on both sides right yeah yeah okay so you're not just like you're climbing just up And it's like hey jump it, <laughs> <tied
5: it well. laughs> like, i
4: hope you guys went to boy scouts and like knew knew your knots.
0: <laughs> oh my god so, all right, the, um, over the wall, still, you haven't seen each other at, nope. at this point. Nope, nope. Okay. All right. Way
5: to the aid station. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the way across the prison yard, all the way up to nearby the main road. Yeah, so
4: I was expecting there to be an aid station at the prison, and I was getting close to being out of water. And it was hot. <laughs> mm. And then I didn't see the aid station. And I kind of came out of the prison and stopped and just kind of stared at a group of spectators. And they're like, You need to go that way. I was like, <laughs> I, need, I need water. <laughs> Luckily, you went around the corner and there was water. I was like, Oh, thank God. Cause I'm sitting there like touching my bottles, going, Can I make it to the next? <laughs> I don't think I can make it to the next one. What, what do I do? I'm like, Well, I was caught in a desert, I guess I'd figure it out. So I'll figure it out today.
0: (laughs) The water underneath the uh, prison wasn't too enticing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was was nice and
4: cold. It was cold. There were a lot of feet traveling through it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, So, as I remember the description from John and Tori, the next section was a a pretty good climb, right? Yeah.
4: So, the next (laughs) section, you kind of come out of the out of the parking lot and through the woods a little bit. And then you you get to to meth lab. Yeah. You go through a little neighborhood and then you get to, to meth lab, which is power lines straight up. Um, And I had been down meth lab last year. I had never gone up it.
0: Mm. It Was this a section that she described to you, Chris?
5: Uh, No, she she hadn't been up that one. We'd seen, I'd seen pictures of the downhill portion of it. So he
4: had seen what it's like coming down, but we didn't anticipate going up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how was the up on this one, Chris? How'd you fare?
5: I mean, it, it was hot, and we got to—I got to the photographer and just stopped because that was the last part that was flattish, and you just look up far as you can see. And it was just like this little line of people and you could just see their heads sticking up one by one. And (laughs) it was, you just going up the side of the mountain with the power lines.
2: Yeah,
4: There were parts where you'd, you'd look up and you'd see the people climbing up the dirt, like you'd see this little dirt path and you'd see the people climbing up and it it was so steep. It looked like they were standing on each other's shoulders (laughs) like, okay, well, I just need to get to there. And then you get to there and you look out and you'd see the exact same scene a little bit further. You feel like oh no. And that happened about four times. Yeah. <laughs> where you just kept, I was like, when is this going to
5: end? You finally see the Rangers
4: at the top of the hill that are just laughing at you. I think they spent the entire time laughing at us and just like, look at these fools. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the way John described it. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's you know John was he was that decision point there. That's that's where John decided you know he wasn't gonna go down to the next day station because they told him you know you go down but then you come right back up, and he's uh, he's like I just he was cramping and and you know he's like I I'm just gonna go back down and (laughs) get out of here you know so um but you guys made it up so (laughs) made it to the top there. Uh did you hear about the next aid station? Cause that's what you know everybody kept telling me was the next aid station was amazing because it had pizza and coke and <laughs> yeah. so did, did you hear these I got Oh yeah. <laughs> they,
5: had, they had plenty of cold coke though, and it was yeah. great.
4: I think <laughs> it was about a mile before the aid station people I passed started telling me they've got cold coke. They've got cold coke. And I will say, I, I am a good wife in that I remember thinking, "Oh, I hope they don't run out of coke before Chris <laughs> gets to the aid
2: station." <laughs> time
5: We passed each other.
2: <laughs> yeah.
5: No, I
4: was—I had gotten back to the aid station. I was coming back yeah. up, testicle, and I was going, and down. he was going down, and that's when we saw. That's where he was like, "You were two hours ahead of me." I'm like, or thirty
2: minutes," but okay, <laughs> whatever, you,
4: whatever you want to think.
2: It's
0: been—it's
5: been a bit since I've seen her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that's. I mean, it's cool when you get to you know see that familiar face though, um, and know that they're they're okay. So, um, so you got your you got your Coke. Um, you, you know, so we're we're heading back up. This is uh, um testicle spectacle wallet and watch. What was the name of this one again? Spectacle. <laughs> gotcha. So you're heading you're heading back up to that same where the Rangers were, right? That's where you're you're heading back to. That okay. So you head back up, um, and then um, now I, I like this is where I, I kind of forget. Do you go back down to the prison? Yes. Or, yep. Yeah. So you go back down meth meth yeah. lab yeah. to the yep to the prison. Okay. Um. So all right, that and so and then there's the A station at the prison again, right? Yep. Yes. All right. So you made it back there, and are you guys relatively unscathed? How you doing at this point?
5: <laughs> I was still. I mean, I, felt, I had started feeling better coming back down. Knowing that it was an aid station where yeah. I could film off because I'd, I'd almost run out of water by the time I had got back, it was, it was, I mean, it was blazing when I come through there. There was no shade, it was I mean, direct sunlight. It was, uh, it was uh, kind of long. Yeah, it was going, it was really yeah, hot. Going, going up to the prison,
0: going back to the prison. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you got it. You both made it into the prison and and were able to to refuel. And, mm-hmm. um, do you then do you have to go back under the prison? Yes.
4: Yeah. Yep. Okay. you to go back through the prison over
0: the wall and under the tu- yeah. through the tunnel yep. all right <laughs> very good so and then uh from what i remember i think Tori was describing that you had to you had another kind of climb right to um is it to the uh i think there was from the prison there was two aid stations before to the decision point is that right yep yeah okay yes yeah. all right so um Take us through there. Um, like, well, How are you doing there? What, what was the course like through that section?
5: The first part, when you get out of the creek or the, the tunnel, or whatever you want to call it, there is a wall of dirt. When I say well, it's literally a wall that you maneuver <laughs> up. Yeah. You can't walk it. You have to climb it.
4: It's it's Before like a group of people. Walking. Both times I've had to go up this specific section. You just are standing there with people going, which way do we go? Like, which way is the best way? It's kind of like you can choose to go to the right or to the left. And I was watching someone try to get up to the right. And I looked at the woman next to me and said, it's not to the right. (laughs) (laughs) They're not doing very well. So we're going to go left. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, it's going up another power line to get back up to the tower and it's a mile climb. It took me an hour and a half. Yeah. Um now that was where it fell apart for me. I was I was hot. I kept having to stop. I was just getting nauseous. Like the heat was getting because oh. so, all those power lines, there's no shade. You're just right. the sun. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of where I started falling apart. I stopped halfway and played with a dog, you know. I was so <laughs> <wondering. Very cute. laughs> it was a very cute Aussie halfway up
5: the hill that Aww. I <laughs> played with.
0: Yeah, that would have distracted me as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Chris, did you catch up at all there?
5: So I actually felt pretty good. I mean, relative, I, I felt pretty good. I passed six people on the way up. I don't, I don't think I stopped at all until I crested the uh, the top, where you know, because where the um, we're back to the service road. Okay, and I felt pretty good about that and made my little climb up the uh, tower. I ran once I got from the tower. Went there's another aid station. I filled my bottle. Is I don't know, maybe three four miles. Whoever knows what it might be back down to the decision point now i I ran from that tower from the tub aid station all the way back because i was ready to be done (laughs) yeah that's what i uh
4: i think i mean going when i coming into the prison that time i had totally eaten up all of my like luxury time in getting to the decision point, so I was, you know, I knew that I was like, I don't know that I'm going to make the decision point. And by the time I got to the next, um, to the last like cutoff time, I was 30 minutes ahead of the hard cutoff to have a marathon finish. But I had, I had essentially 30 minutes to make it what three or four miles to this decision point. <laughs> like, right. yeah, that's not going to happen right now. Yeah. It was downhill, but I was like, I, I still, I knew I was like, nope. So I grabbed a bag of potato chips and I most my way for a little while and snacked a bit. And then I ran to the decision point. Cause I was like, well, oh, I'm going to make it. I just, I'm not, I, I knew <laughs> at that point, that even if I somehow were able to make the decision point, I wouldn't have enough time to do the last loop and get a 50 K finish.
0: And I'm just like, I'd rather
4: just
2: Damn.
4: go home and marathon. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: and And how about you, Chris?
5: Oh, I, I, I knew coming back into the prison that, I, that the marathon was going to be it for me for that day.
0: <laughs> uh, and wh- what time did you get into the uh, decision point?
5: Uh, I don't, I really don't remember. It was seven o'clock. It had to be It's somewhere around seven, because seven, ten, somewhere no. around there. Mm-hmm. It had to be, if you, could you finish five yeah, ten minutes yeah. ahead of me, five, whatever it five was. Five minutes ahead of you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he made up some time because look at you. (laughs)
4: That's what, yeah, because that last that last cutoff, I beat it by thirty minutes, and he beat it by fifteen minutes, and he still, I think he came he came across the finish
5: line five minutes after I did. Because I remember having fifteen minutes to spare at that aid station, way at the top of the tower where to get the bib punched, and I ran I ran it all the way in. Yeah. Right well and then yeah. there was Laz sitting at the decision point just laughing. Well played, oh man, well played. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, so um very good. So I mean you both got your marathon finishes, uh, which is tremendous. Chris on your first try, Paula uh second try. Paul Bury said, "You know, you're you're probably not going to do it again next year, right?
4: Yeah, I I really want to do Table Rock next year, and this always conflicts with yeah, that. So, so I'm like, I'm going to take next year off and do something that seems a little more approachable, <laughs>
2: um, <laughs>
4: and maybe maybe the following year. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Chris wants to do Grindstone at some point, which also conflicts. So it's like, mm. I'll get back there at some point, but we'll yeah. figure it
0: out. <laughs> right. Okay."
4: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it like the every year I have yeah. to go. Yeah. I'm like, I need a break.
0: I'm, I'm glad. Cause you know, I would have had break. to find a, a therapist and you know. <laughs> 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 just kidding. Um, very good. Um, so, um, anything that you guys think you would have done differently um, based on the experiences you had, was there anything you could have done uh, to kind of help out especially paula with like the heat and such i know you had such a hard time there was there anything that you thought of afterwards that you're like i wish i had a blah. <laughs> uh,
2: um
4: i definitely uh probably didn't take in enough nutrition and i don't know whether that would have helped me with the heat but i think at that point it was mm. heat plus I, I was bonking a little bit okay um I mean, I just, I had kind of forgotten to eat for a little while. I was so you're climbing, you're, you know, using your yeah, arms and everything. Yeah, like totally. I just wasn't thinking about it. And yeah. all of a sudden it'd be like, yep. it's two hours. And I and
0: John done. said the same thing. He just, you know, he totally forgot to, and that was, you know, part of his demise was, was nutrition. Um, how about you, Chris, anything you can think of?
5: Uh, for me, I know I didn't, have, I didn't take in enough calories in the beginning and I paid for it going up chimney rock. But toward the end, I balanced it out. I felt pretty good finishing it up. So I just think on the front end, I needed more calories to maintain those calories. Cause and, I mean, you, were, you know, there were some sections you were running downhill, you know, it's like, this is a breeze and you forget to, you know, eat on the hour or you know, every hour and 10 or whatever it was. And I just need to make sure I take in more calories earlier.
0: And um, you each kind of said that you were concerned at points that you wouldn't, you'd run out of fluids just to kind of be more specific. That is a cute dog. Um, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> um, how, um, how much fluids were you carrying on you?
5: Uh, two flasks. So what's that? 32 ounces. Yeah, I think it's
4: a little more than 32 ounces, but.
0: They were probably the 18 ounce flasks. Okay. Yeah, that's
4: what, yeah. 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 So
5: two okay. Solomon flasks. <laughs> okay.
0: Do you think like having like a third one, like just in the pack, maybe a third full one would have probably been a, a good idea? Yeah,
4: I think so. Cause I ran out of water a couple of times yeah. um, where I was, you know, had no water coming into the aid station sure. and I would literally stand in the aid station, drink, Chris did the same thing, drink half a bottle and then oh, yeah. refill because you're
5: yeah. so
0: thirsty. Uh, don't,
5: don't step away. Yeah.
4: <laughs> keep, keep filling it.
5: Uh, just keep it
0: coming. Um, did you guys carry extra tailwind with you? They didn't yeah. have that on, yeah. Okay, they didn't have that on course. Uh, they had
5: sword. I'd never tried sword, so
0: oh, that's right. I yeah. haven't tried yeah. it either.
5: I I was okay with it. Um, that did, seems
0: to be popular in Tennessee. Um, I'm not sure if that's you know perhaps that's a Tennessee company because I see a lot of races in Tennessee have sword. Um, I'm not sure if there's any kind of connection there, but interesting. Okay. Um, anything that that went right that you guys are like you know if you're thinking about doing this race, you know, think about this. Cause this, this worked well for me.
5: Hill repeat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing hill. <laughs> elevation. elevation.
5: Hill yeah. repeat.
0: And, and, and treadmill hiking. Um,
5: yep. Treadmill <laughs> hiking. And
4: just getting out on trails with yeah. elevation. Proper trails. Um, I definitely think that that's why I did better this year than last year. Other than the fact that it wasn't pouring down rain, but I could tell my legs were stronger on the climbs
0: they were last year any anything in race that you guys can think of that you know any tips that you might want to provide um
5: well for me I... I i hadn't really given a good try but i i felt it was either one or two and i couldn't pinpoint it because i was taking them both every two hours a salt tab and a sport leg okay and then at the end the last two stops i took two ty- a tylenol at each stop because <laughs> <laughs> my feet starting to hurt a little bit <laughs> And i did not take tylenol i've weighed tylenol ever since my umstead 100
4: snafu and <laughs> it right. tends to hurt my stomach really quickly yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I just, yeah somebody asked me the other day if, if you know if i do like ibuprofen or tylenol during events and, and usually i don't but i did during bigfoot i took an ibuprofen because i hurt my knee and it was really killing me so um my pacer had one on him and so i popped the ibuprofen and it helped thank god and you know i I don't think it matched the pain, but yeah, that's always your concern. Plus that, and you know, of course your kidneys, but <laughs> you know, uh, what's 200 miles, right? <laughs> um, so, um, any takeaways that you guys, um, you know, any, anything you learn that you can carry forward, um, that you, you learned during this event? I'm hoping you'll say, I'm not going to do this again. That'd be a great lesson. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, I, don't,
2: I don't think we can say that. No, <laughs> no, <Sorry>. so, uh, <laughs> no matter how
4: bad it gets, it could always get
2: worse.
5: <laughs> it's a long day and everything changes. Yeah. You feel good one minute and
0: yeah. it feel like crap. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, guess, I
2: don't yeah. know. It's a fun
4: race to just be it. The people are fun. Yeah. Everybody, even the people that look like they're miserable are there having a ball. Like it's just kind of, <laughs> everyone's just enjoying everyone's company and you're just kind of suffering together, but it's, it's a fun group.
0: If you embrace it, right. That's that's yeah. kind of the, the conversation that like I, I have with a lot of new trail runners is you just kind of have to learn to embrace the pain because <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot that comes with this sport. So yeah, that's a good point would be pain <laughs> oh my gosh so um yeah in in closing any any final remarks
2: oh
4: well and our, our friend told laz last year that he was a mean old man and i think that that just stands <laughs>
0: that's great that's perfect oh that's that is perfect um if anybody wants to connect with the two of you um is there a good way to do so that you're comfortable with
4: yeah um my instagram is paula shelley runs and i think i'm just paula sharon on strava
5: all right and I, I'm CEO Sharon on Strava
4: and Instagram,
5: right? I think I
4: don't even know. <laughs> We're so down with the social. <laughs> uh,
0: perfect. It's cool. I will put those in the show notes if anybody wants to connect and ask questions. Uh, I I love you too. That's awesome. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you guys coming on. Um, Paula, again, happy birthday! Yeah, Thank you for, for joining me tonight. This has been a lot of fun. I loved hearing the story and, and, you know, I felt like I could, you know, commiserate with you. Maybe
5: <laughs> uh, one day, mm-hmm. you give it a try. Yeah.
0: Negatory. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to my four guests, uh, Tori, John, Chris, and Paula, uh, congratulations to Tori and Chris and Paula for their marathon finishes. And I hope John, I hope he'll take another crack at it. (laughs) Um, That would be wonderful. Uh, I hope he does get his finish, be it marathon or 50K. But um, all of you, thank you so much for sharing your stories, for being a part of this podcast, for being an amazing athlete and a part of the uh, MR Running Pains team. So thank you guys so much. Um, If you're interested in becoming part of the MR Running Pains team, if you would like to talk to me about coaching, please reach out to do so. Um, I have some spots that are opening up for the fall here, um, as well as, you know, going forward to the spring. So if you have an, a goal for the spring, uh, and want to have a conversation about coaching, please reach out. Um, my contact is in the show notes, happy to have that conversation. And, uh, if you want to talk more about what that would look like or questions about training, you know, whatever it may be, please, you know, reach out, um, this coming, Uh, weekend, October 1st, hopefully the newsletter will be coming out my monthly newsletter. It is a free newsletter. So if you're interested, please sign up, uh, in, uh, the, uh, the show notes is a link for that as well as on my website, mrrunningpains.com, which you can click the links and follow that to, uh, to sign up for the web for the, excuse me, for the newsletter. That's a monthly newsletter. It is free. Uh, and, um, all of my old newsletters are housed as well as all of the old podcast episodes are housed on the website as well. They're under the connector contact me page. You can find the links to, to click through and, and find whatever you're looking for. Um, but that said, uh, you know, I do a lot of this stuff and, um, I really want to just continue to do it. And I really appreciate, um, you know, those that can support and have done, you know, a tremendous amount to uh, to support me. And um, and, you know, so that's uh, in the way of of Patreon. So um, Mike Sears, Julia Jordan, Nicole Burnham, uh, Peter Kayo, Will Weedman Philip Taylor, Martin Thorne, Nancy Lewis, Victor Drostrow Kendall Weaver, Nate Heeslip. Austin and Elder Tori Greaves. I want to thank all of these folks for being Patreon supporters. Um, they you know, they continue to support me on a monthly basis. I, I really, I sincerely appreciate that support. Um, you know, it's if you find the information that I am I'm putting out there, the podcast, the newsletters. Uh, you know, if you find all of this stuff helpful and and meaningful to you or your training, uh, please. You know, if you can. Um, help me out on patreon uh, you know i 'd love to keep doing this stuff. It does cost money to do so um, you know to to buy the equipment to um, man, you know manage websites um, you know do do everything that i 'm doing it does cost money and you know I love doing it it's just I want to make sure I can continue to do it sustainably and so if you can help out, um, Patreon would be wonderful uh, so if you can support me through there. Whatever that looks like to you, if it's a dollar a month, I greatly appreciate it. You know, that's I, I really, it, you know, <laughs> it means the world to me when I see an email come through that somebody has uh, decided to support me on Patreon. It just it shows me what I'm doing is is getting through to people and meaningful to people. It's worth something. So, you know, there's that would be a really nice gesture, a nice thank you. If you can't support through Patreon, not everybody can. I totally understand that. If you would just leave me a review on your favorite platform, um, you know, or share it with a friend. You're like, Hey, listen, really found this, this podcast helpful, you know, share it if you can. Um, but yeah, the reviews likes all of that stuff. It's really helpful to me to get the podcast out there. Uh, wanted to continue to do this, uh, but got to make sure that, you know, I, I can sustain it. So I thank you again for all of your support, for everything that you're you've done and your ears for listening. It means a lot to me that you're listening to this podcast. So thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, um, with that said, um, like I said, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's coming up on the first of the month newsletter coming out. Um excited for that. Got some great articles that are coming out. Um, uh, you know, I'm doing part two of the Bigfoot, uh, recap, uh, it, I'll probably have like, uh, at least three or four parts to this. Cause it's just a lot of, uh, a lot of thoughts and storytelling that I'm trying to do. So part two is coming out. I'm going to write an article about, uh, uh, training and getting back to training after a, uh, break or a hiatus or an injury. Um, so there'll be an article on that as long. And as well as an article, I listened to a podcast about, um, these uh, trail shoes that are carbon plated, are they worthwhile? Are they worth it to, uh, to, to buy? Um, so um, I'm going to kind of expound on the, uh, the podcast. Cause the part, you know, the, uh, it's Brian Metzler that he uh, he's a great shoe guru and he brings up some great points and things that I, I kind of want to, uh, you know, uh, g- just kind of go further with and talk a little bit more about, uh, as to why or why not, you know, that you should, you should buy these. So anyway, um, I hope you'll sign up for the newsletter, join me there. Um, and, uh, until next time, I I hope you guys keep running. I'm excited for my next episode with, uh, Michael pool. Michael just finished the grindstone 100. Uh, I don't coach Michael. He is a friend. Uh, he lives here in Western North Carolina, but he, that was his 19th finish at a hundred miler. And Michael has done some tremendous races. So I just want to hear about Michael and his experiences and what he's learned over the course of time. And and what his training look like for him? Cause he's just, he's so good about finishing his hundred milers. If he starts, I'm going to put all my money on the fact that Michael's going to finish. So next week, I'll be talking to Michael. Uh, I hope you uh, stay tuned for that episode. But until next time, keep running, my friends.